All right, welcome. This is Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show. All right, show this out, show this out, show this out, right? It's Friday night. That means the Law of One. We're on class number seven of the Law of One. We're actually on session number seven of the Law of One today. Let me turn this uh, banner off here. Right, this overlay here, and then you can see my ugly mug. Right. Oh, and guess what? I had the program up, and I didn't realize that the program crashed. <laughs> I'm gonna have to reopen the program with the Love One on there. That's craziness, right? Let's see what's going on here. I don't know why that happened, but it was up and it was sitting there, and it was shared on the screen, and then all of a sudden, just now, I looked and it was no longer there. That's crazy, right? So, obviously, I'm going to have to find a new uh, program, I think, uh, because this seems to be having uh, minor issues here and there. Okay, hold on. Let me share the screen again. And we can go into that. So, share this out, share this out, share this out. In the meantime, right? So, let me put this on the screen. Bang. There it should be on your screen there. There you are. Okay, so... We ended up leaving off at the end of, uh, oh, here, let me go over there and put that into full screen because we don't need that extra window open over there, right? Okay, so uh, if you don't know what the law of one is, let me go back. I don't even have you guys in the chat open. See, that thing threw me off right there, right? Heath, welcome. Heath Musketeers. I love that, right? <laughs> You're not late. You are, you're not late at all. Truthfully, uh, I had to reboot that stupid thing. So you're here on time. Uh, and everybody else, too, right? So uh, share this out. Like I said, uh, I just kind of reviewed, because it's there uh, on, on what I have uh, saved. I, re I reviewed the last few questions and uh, it, where we were at, just to make sure. Sometimes I go backwards, right? Lenore, welcome. Uh, give me a shout out in the chat. I don't know if you're here. I just see numbers. I don't know who you guys are or where you're from, unless you tell me that. Okay, so if you've missed the first six classes, go back and watch those because there's a lot of information. We're on session seven now. There's a lot of information. I don't need my glasses on right now until I have to start looking at the screen and reading, right? <laughs> I got my reading glasses on. And there's no need for that. I'm just staring at a camera and looking at the monitor. Okay, so. Um, so you're from, what is that, Vermont? I'm, I'm out in California. I was born in the San Francisco Bay Area. I actually used to live in Arizona, but now I'm back out in California. I'm in the state capital. I'm actually in Carmichael, which is a, which is a suburb of uh, the state capital of Sacramento. Yikes, it's crazy out here. And I can't wait to get out. I love this state, although it's, it's gotten crazy. I can't wait to get out of this state. That'll happen one day when, when the universe decides it's my time, I'll be somewhere else, right? So who knows? Maybe I'll end up in this state for the rest of my life. You never know. Right. You know, nothing is certain. Nothing is written. The future is not written, even though people want to tell you that. That's what Raw's talking about in the last couple of and, and going forward, talking about, uh, you know, with free will. I was just watching something. Used to live in Alabama. <laughs> I hear they call that hell. It's worse than California. It can't be right. <laughs> so. Everybody says that, like uh, Sweet Home Alabama. They talk about going so far down south that it's another country. I love that movie, by the way. It came out way back in the day. I don't know, like 20 years ago or something close to that. Um, and uh, I was down in Disneyland at the time. 
because the company that I worked for took all the managers, store managers to Disneyland for a, a store manager meeting. And it was a workshop and you had the, you know, the, the uh, motivational speakers and everybody there. But they were taking us to the Disneyland Grand Hotel. And I got there early with a buddy of mine, my roommate, who was also a store manager for, uh, for the company. And we went down early and got our own uh, hotel room, not at, uh, in, at the Disney uh, Grand Hotel because those prices are insane. And now we're even worse than they were then. Uh, and then we went into Disneyland thinking, okay, we have a choice, right? They're bringing all of the managers uh, in for a meeting. Chances are we're going to get to go to the adult park. So we'll go to the old Disneyland, the kids park, and we'll go around there for a day. And then we'll get to see the adult park. Turns out they didn't give us the adult park. We went to the other park, the regular old Disneyland. So we ended up getting to see that. But that was kind of cool because being at the, I don't know if my company paid for this, but they must have. Uh, being at the Disney uh, Grand Hotel after the park closed to the public and everybody was gone, we got to go out in the park and ride the rides for free with our drinks. <laughs> Not a joke. So we were bombed riding rides, having a blast, getting to do it at nighttime with no one else in the park, no waiting. You go to the ride, you only have to wait if there's other people in front of you that got on the ride. So it was pretty badass, right? So Denise, welcome. So. Yeah, the song was so backwards, right? You're talking about Sweet Home Alabama, right? <laughs> right, Skinner. Sweet Home Alabama. Okay, so let's get let's start talking about the. But anyway, I had a blast there, and, and I got drunk. Well, I'll real quick, I'll tell you that that story. The first night there, I was drinking martinis uh, with a buddy of mine, and we got so hammered. Literally, by the time we staggered back to the hotel from Disneyland, which there was a gate that opened to Disneyland to inside the park from the, the Disney uh, uh, Grand Hotel. So we staggered back. I couldn't remember my room number. So I had to go to the front desk and show my ID. And then I had to have an escort. And so did he. We had to have ex escorts to help us find our rooms and to get us in there. We were so hammered. Everybody was apparently. And uh, it was a blast. But we only got to see one side of Disneyland. We didn't get to see the adult theme park, which sucked. If we'd have known that, we'd have gone to that. Okay. So, so we just finished up with Raw talking about, about the coalition, uh, the coalition of, of Venus, the, the quarantine of this solar system, and what everybody perceives as alien spaceships that are flying around the Earth, not being that, in fact, being drones of our own government. And some then aliens who actually live in the planet and on the planet that you're unaware of. And then uh, most of what we think are our encounters with UFOs are, in fact, not real. They are, in fact, a figment of our imagination, not done because we're crazy, done because we want to have that event. That literally, if you didn't see last week's show you should go back and watch that at the end question 26 27 28 or 26 25 26 and 27 because 28 and 29 were just how's the you know how is the channeler doing which was carla and uh you know and then well, i guess we'll just have to uh, go to a different uh, session to finish the questions okay You were probably on, uh, Casey, you were probably on, which I didn't share it to this week, the, the psychic uh, reading and development page. 
I, I didn't send it there. I sent it to my page uh, and then Orion Rising and then Orion Rising on uh, YouTube. Uh, and if, so if you could share it to that, that would be cool because I didn't get a chance to do that. Right. Uh, sometimes I do it there. I, I kind of go back and forth. One week I'll share it to my page because I can share it to three. And then the next week I'll share it to uh, Psychic Reading. Uh, and then so I kind of switch back and forth. And today, so you were probably there. And it didn't go live there, but it did go live on Orion Rising, the page, not the group. So if you go to the group Orion Rising, I think there's a link that gets forwarded there unless I have to do it. And that's that's always a problem. And I usually try to do it during the intro, but I was running a little bit late. I had to jump up, make sure that my mother had something to watch on television uh, and let her know where I was and what I was doing. And that today's Friday, which means I talk about the universe and spirituality and God and all that. Okay. So, Julie, welcome. Uh, and Casey, hi, by the way. I didn't say hi. I just answered what you were saying in the chat. <laughs> right? Okay. So let's continue on with session seven. Okay. Uh, if this will start there, if not, I'll have to try and forward it again now that it crashed on me for no apparent reason. And I don't know why. It just did it while, we, while I didn't even notice. It must have been while the intro was playing and I was on that screen instead of uh, looking down at the bars that I had open. And then all of a sudden, I looked down there when I came on. There was nothing on the screen right here. And I'm like, what the heck? And I looked down and realized it crashed. I don't know what this program's problem is. I'm going to have to find another one. This one's free, and I'm, I don't pay for it. So because of that, I, I kind of put up with every now and then. It sounds froggy. I haven't figured out why it does that. Uh, and then just for no reason, every now and then, it just crashes. Uh, and and then, then it's fine. It's weird. Okay. So I'm going to pull that up full screen here. And... Um, there we go. So this is the law of one session seven. And this happened, you can see January 25th, 1981. You can see on your screen. So we're going to go ahead and just jump right into that. Uh, for those of you who might be new, uh, hopefully you read the description. So you understand what's going on. The LL research group, I'll give you the quick 411 on it. And the, the, uh, that right now i'm sorry casey said i guess i'm chopped liver I, I i apologize for that i didn't mean that i just i just i go back and forth on that you happen to choose probably the one page i was not going live to today because i always go live on on orion rising the page on facebook and orion rising the page on youtube the new one after they deplatformed me and erased over 400 episodes of orion rising uh, because I wouldn't allow them to have my bank account and, and medical records and everything else, which Facebook's doing anyway. We just heard about that, right? Facebook is, I know you're just teasing, Casey. I know that. Uh, uh, but uh, Facebook is doing exactly that. It just came out in the news in the last few days that a whistleblower admitted that Facebook is listening in on paying attention to everything that is being said on Facebook and anything that is in any way not agreeable to the political party that's in power in the religion that is uh, nefariousness, uh, they send that information to them and the national security, the Department of, of uh, Security, the, the, the DOD or the, or the DOJ, then is, is uh, tapping and, and checking everything you said and tapping into you and getting a uh, a warrant to then listen into all your conversations, your emails, uh, and everything that you post online or anybody sends to you or any comments that you make. So, uh, and, and I know because I have been told many times on world and off world 
that everything that I say is already being and has been for a long time. I was a, a member of the Irish Republican Army from 1986 to, well, I never really retired, but I'm, I'm kind of retired because what I did was what I did for them. I'm now doing globally for a lot of us did that. Uh, when Anonymous got taken out, a lot of us uh, moved to the coalitions and did exactly that. So I, I'm now doing what I did for the Irish Republican Army. I'm now doing it for World Coalitions. Not afraid to tell that live. Not afraid for anyone in the world to hear me say that. Uh, because, uh, you know, like, like saying I was in a, the Hells Angels, which I was not. If you do that and you're lying, people come to you and you get in trouble for it. The Irish Republican Army are now the Secret Service of Ireland. If I claim that I was a part of that, and I was not, because some people go, you were not. Oh, yeah, yeah, actually I was, but not with this alias that I'm using now that you guys are, are watching. It was two other aliases besides this one that I was using. I wasn't using this alias. This alias uh, was a, another alias that I've been using since around that time uh, as a, as a uh, pen name, right, as my professional name. Um, my real name is very similar to this name. In fact, my first and, and middle name are the exact names that I was born with on my birth certificate. So um, if I had been doing that, I would say there was somebody would have turned, especially since I, I, I'm still friends with people that are and were in the IRA. If I was lying, they would be like, that guy's full of crap, right? He's, he never did anything for, for the Irish Republican Army. But I, did, I have people that can prove that. I have people that are friends of mine still that know because I uh, had uh, pulled them into Shen Fen as well. Shane Fein is the actual way you say it with the Irish accent. I was saying it with the West Coast Irish accent, which the East Coast Irish people would laugh at me and go, what the fuck did he just say? You're not even speaking Irish, right? So <laughs> anyways, so now I do the same thing for the World Coalitions and I'm not afraid. People are like, aren't you afraid of the men in black coming to your house? No, no, I'm not. If only, right? I would mug them and take their secret devices if they had any. No, I'm kidding. But I'm not worried about those people. Uh, they've already tried to stifle me on on Facebook. They d went to delete me once, uh, had me deleted. And uh, after four days of being deleted, I was uh, miraculously um, uh, not deleted anymore. That happened five years ago now. Uh, and then YouTube has has deleted me, and I'm all right with that. I don't care because my all my stuff is is no longer on Google. Oops. Oh well, it's out everywhere else on the in the ether to the entire world. That's why I don't worry about Facebook and and uh, any Google products. I'm I'm going to be moving off this platform. Everybody else that does this uh, is already off of both of those platforms and on other platforms. I just haven't moved uh, off of this platform and Google platforms yet. Uh, which I will be doing. I'm, I'm already on uh, other platforms, the, but not on the MP4 file. Actually, I am, but I'm not. I don't go live there every week, which I'm going to start doing because of of how bad that these people are and how much they're stifling people. I'm going to move off of there. So I'll let you guys know ahead of time, and the links will still be there. I'll do the same thing that everybody in the coalitions did. Uh, they they do their show live somewhere else and then link it to uh, YouTube and link it to Facebook so you guys can then watch it. But I'll be pulling you off uh, off of here. I get more hits on my MP3 file than I do on the video file that I'm doing currently. So after this, I'll post it, not even live, and I'll get more hits, more people listen to it around the world than do on these two channels. So I'm not concerned with 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 these channels. I'm just, I go live here because this is what I've done since the beginning. But because things are the way they are until these people are uh, put into their places 
and not have and not have the legal right to do what they're doing until that happens they're going to continue to abuse their power uh the only way you know as best they can to try and stifle voices i don't talk about their religion anymore and that the reason that i don't i do sometimes a little bit like i'm doing now but i stay away from that because they don't care about me talking about this religion they don't care about me talking about spirituality they used to murder us over this Right. I mean, there was a time literally when when uh, Socrates said the world wasn't flat and he thought it might be round. They made him drink poison and, and die for for saying that. So that was how intolerant the world was. People think, oh, it's the worst time ever in the history of the planet. Dude, a guy said, I think the world is round. And they said, you are convicted of an insane thought. And because of that, you will drink this poison and die. And he fucking did it. I would be like, fuck you. No, you're going to have to choke it down my fucking gullet. Die. And I would, freedom! You know, I'd have been William Wallace. Screw you. I'm not drinking that shit. But I'm sure he made a big speech that they erased from history uh, and said some words, and I die now, and with my convictions, and, you know, something very gallant that they erased from history and no one gets to know about. All they know is the story. They don't know what he actually said. Okay. So they were, we already got that up on the screen. So let me go ahead and go over there and uh, let's start. Like I said, January, session seven, uh, January 25th, 1981, the law of one, session seven. Let's start. Let's see if it starts here. Let's hope that it does and it doesn't like freak out on me. 1981, 7.0 RA, IMRA. I greet you in the love and the light of our infinite creator. I communicate now. Question 7.1 Questioner, you mentioned that you were a member of the Confederation of Planets. What avenues of service, or types of service, are available to members of the Confederation? Would you describe some of them? Answer RA, I am RA. I am assuming that you intend the service which we of the Confederation can offer, rather than the service which is available to our use. The service available for our offering to those who call us is equivalent to the square of the distortion slash need of that calling divided by, or integrated with, the basic law of one in its distortion indicating the free will of those who are not aware of the unity of creation. So as usual, Raw goes right into like math to explain what, what exactly, the square root, wait a minute, what? The service available of our offering to those uh, who call us is equivalent to the square root of the distortion slash need of that calling divided by or integrated with the basic law of one in its distortion. That's hilarious, right? So, so in a nutshell, without without the crazy math that he just threw because Don is in fact a nuclear physicist, Right. So without uh, the crazy math, right, the, the, the entire, you know, the, the distortion, you have to realize that the word distortion being used by raw um, is literally uh, would mean uh, confusion or uh, usually it means confusion on a grandiose scale. That's why he uses the word distortion. Uh, but the reason he uses the word distortion, or I can't say he, they, because it is an entire species. I always unfortunately use that vernacular because it's like saying, I understand. It's so programmed into your brain case, 
right? I mean, they literally they called this this uh, human race, which is which I don't like. I wish they would they would call it uh, you know beings and get the word man out of there because it still has a sex to it. Before it was just man, man. The the male dominated uh, religions and and politics were so arrogant that they called the entire species man. Right, the species is man. Well, in the Bible, the man was created first, and the wool man, right? Which is weird because German in German the word wool means wear, right? <laughs> wear man, wool man, right? So in, in German that would be wollmannen, right? But still, the, what the word wool means wear. So wool man, the wear man, uh, is you know is is uh, sort of a a mix of man and something else according to ancient humans. So that's why I don't like the word human. I don't like the word man just uh, as a catchphrase. And so I hate to say he. This is going into uh, you know what people choose to you know uh, be associated with. I don't think that Raw would choose to. Raw says I am. Uh, you know, we are and I am, but uh, I don't know that Raw would be a, a choose to be a male-dominated society, right? So, so I, I apologize when those slip out and I say understand because I don't stand under anyone and none of you do either, right? <laughs> so uh, Julie says, basically how changed is our battery? Is this what we're saying? Is our battery and how is our, let me put this up on the screen. I may have to put my glasses on to read this. I don't have the one right now. Uh, basically uh, equated to or us to a cell phone. Um, well, well in, in, in some respects, yes. In some respects, yes. Um, but, that's, but that's not what he was referring to. Or see, there again, I go, they were referring to with that math, mathematical equation, right? Because of the distortion, the square root of the distortion, meaning the sum total uh, of the, the lowest breakdown, right? The lowest common denominator of distortion due to that times are multiplied by or added to the integer. Now I'm starting to get too, too uh, uh, technical, right? Uh, meaning that they're here for, for any and all queries that do not in any way uh, infringe on the laws these are these are those things that are the prime directives of the universe. If you know Star Trek and you know what that means, the prime directive is that you can't interfere with the natural growth of a society in any way. Uh, so you can't give them technology or even show them technology or show yourself to be anything other than trying to fit into their uh, reality that they have. That way they don't you don't influence their future existence, which is what Ra did when they came here and built the pyramids, right? And they didn't just build, everybody thinks when, when I say that and when everyone says that, oh, they built the three pyramids on Giza. No, and if you watch the video, those of you watching or listening on the MP3 file, you can't see the videos, but if you watch my video intro during the music the, at the very end before it says, you know, my name and the law of one, the last image is the image of three pyramids in Mexico, three pyramids in Egypt, three pyramids in China, and then of course the Orion, uh, uh, Orion's Belt, the three, uh, the three universes from Orion's Belt, and it says, "Do you understand now?" The so raw when they were here, they built pyramids worldwide. 
Okay, not just in Egypt. There was a time, you have to realize, during the, the what we would call the pre-dynastic era of uh, in, in uh, Egypt, not the post. The post-dynastic is where all the pharaohs and everything that was going on. That was when the corruption happened. Before that, in the pre-dynastic era, the pyramids worldwide and all of the obelisks worldwide were charged because of where they are and all of the like uh, Stonehenge and other henges and other places around the world were built on ley lines. I know you people over in Europe hate to use that. When we Americans use that term, it's like when we say, check your ego at the door, they get pissed off when we're saying, you know, oh, well, you, we need the ego to learn. And yes, we do. But, but us saying, check your ego at the door is completely obvious to us. Because we're saying, don't bring your problems with your ego into this conversation. Keep your ego in check so that I don't offend your ego when I say something. And, and that charges your ego and triggers you. Let's keep all that nefarious religion out of our conversations and out of our psyche while we're dealing with this. Let's deal with everything as an adult. That's what that means when Americans say, check your ego at the door. That says, I don't want any children here. I want people who are actually awake and in control of their ego to have, have adult conversations without having to say all of that. It's easier just to say, check your ego at the door. And Americans understand, there's that word again that slips out because of my programming. Americans realize what that means. Okay. So there's cultural differences that we have to get over worldwide where people misunderstand what other people are saying. And again, one of those things, when we say ley lines in America, we mean the energy lines of the world. And over, I know that because I have many friends in Europe, uh, and, and that doesn't mean the same thing in Europe. Okay. So, yeah, many arches, right, have, have huge magnets. And then he said, what, what arches? Well, you have to realize what Karen's talking about, Heath, is that that we've done, I've done, and Karen knows this, uh, I've done several shows on shapes and their energy. And when you have an arch shape, that's why you, if you have a dome, that's why it was called a domicile, mind you, by most countries. If you build a structure, a housing structure or something else, and you, you have a, a certain shape, creates a certain energy, right? And arches, because they're shaped like if you look at on the screen, let me put it up on the screen. You see the little magnet uh, shape uh, in the in the in what she's saying. Because it's shaped like that, that charges you. End up charging not always, but you can charge any shape, especially if it's metallic or or crystalline, with energy. That's why the pyramids were shaped the way they were, not to be mistaken for the step pyramids, which have a different function, but are also uh, were charged with uh, energy. Okay, they know that uh, almost all of the pyramids in uh, South America, going into Central, and and now they're discovering them in North America. The pyramids had uh, mixed in on uh, on the, especially on the platforms, uh, on top of the step pyramids had mica uh, mixed in, uh, and and they were covered with mica, and mica is in fact what they cover the. Uh, when when they have the um, uh, underside of the spaceships and and a reentry of the of the 
uh, you know, pods and uh, and the uh, space shuttles. Uh, the they have foam, and what they cover the foam in is mica because mica uh, can withstand, uh, you know, like three or four kelvin. Okay, if you know anything about that, a kelvin uh, unit is that of uh, solar of the of the uh, sun of Sol. So you know, like this, like the sun. I don't know how many kelvin it is, but it's not a lot. It's not like a billion kelvin. Right. So that's like super, super amount of heat. So that when the air turns to plasma because of the friction, uh, we had that problem here in the United States where there was a hole in one of the um, one of the uh, coverings and it killed everybody on board and blew up the space shuttle. That happened some 20 some odd years ago. Right. So those structures had mica and there's only one place that where there's a mica mine. Uh, that mica happens naturally, but what when they have vitrification of crystalline material like sand and other rocks that are crystalline, uh, sandstone um, that is uh, is another form of mica, by the way, and that only happens through uh, something that is two or or three kelvin or above. So that would be a nuclear explosion or a, or a serious coronal mass ejection from the sun. The sun. Uh, storm that blows off of the sun and literally reaches the earth and scorches the earth. Okay, so let's get back to the law of one and, and what's going on here, right? Yeah, see, Casey says, we used to dig for mica when I was a kid, and the adults said that it wasn't good for anything, right? Well, it was, and, and, the and, and NASA uses it all the time. Every single uh, re-entry program from any rocket worldwide they use a really thick foam uh, that that they cover with mica, uh, paint it. They turn it into a liquid and they paint the bottom of the foam with mica and glue them to the spaceships. And uh, and then the actual pods that you see, you know, the old style bell, the declocked style uh, pods that would come through reentry. They just painted the uh, entire bottom of that metallic surface with mica, and it would withstand all of that. It's a beautiful, it is, it's a beautiful crystal. I remember I was watching the, there was a TV series back in the 90s called Warehouse 13, which if you guys have never seen it, you should look it up on sci-fi because it's very, it's very awake. And the, But there was a woman in there whose name was, in fact, Micah, it, right? And so, it, it, and I actually have pictures of her on my page because uh, I, a, a, I have a thing for uh, black Irish women. And uh, even though she's Canadian, she's black Irish. Uh, and uh, you can go on my page and you can see there's like three three or four women there that I have a lot of pictures of that are black Irish, uh, what we what uh, we in Ireland call black Irish, uh, and that's the uh, light-skinned, uh, raven-haired women with uh, blue or green eyes, or men and women. My clan is a, is a black Irish clan, but I'm a, a, a genetic throwback, so I have the, I have the freckles, uh, and I did used to have red hair, right? I, I was a, a, a ginger, right? Uh, right. I love Star Trek, right? So Heath knows about the, the prime directive. Okay, so so if it doesn't infringe on the prime directive to circle back to the law of one and stay on point, if it doesn't, it, so it, it's, that's what he was talking about where uh, we're literally trying to get down to the basics of meaning the square root of the distortion. What is the basic level of your misunderstanding uh, times or, you know, with uh, the integration of knowledge that does not infringe in any way on any of the laws 
uh, free will, uh, chaos, or any of the other uh, laws, the first few uh, laws of the universe, or the of, you know, laws of, of one, as it were. All right, so let me go back over here and continue. Question 7.2 questioner, from this, I am assuming that the difficulty you have contacting this planet at this time is the mixture of people here, some being aware of the unity, some not, and for this reason you cannot come openly or give any proof of your contact. Is this correct? Answer RA, I am RA. As we just repeated through this instrument, we must integrate all of the portions of your social memory complex in its illusory disintegration form. Then the product of this can be seen as the limit of our ability to serve. We are fortunate that the law of service squares the desires of those who call. Otherwise, we would have no beingness in this time slash space at this present continuum of the illusion. In short, you are basically correct. Now, I wanted to point out that he said, and I did this before, and I wanted to point out it again, that they, here I went with the he again, in the heat of passion, I immediately jumped into the vernacular that is familiar in your brain and said he instead of they, uh, uh, pointed out that this is an illusion. Okay? And I wanted to, and I wanted to stress, I was, I was just reading uh, creation stories of Aztec, the Olmec, the the Mayans. Uh, I was reading creation stories from everybody and comparing them. Uh, th this is what I do. I'm a nerd, right? Being a theologian, you do this. So um, I wanted to point out because Ross states they talk about at some point. I don't know if it was already uh, in the first uh, six uh, sessions or if it's coming up, but they talk about a time. When, of course, we've I've covered this, when they were the ones who screwed us up and got us stuck by giving information to the people in Egypt and the priests were, in fact, nefarious, evil, egoic, uh, living in service to self. And they kept the knowledge for themselves. And the reason that they did that was that they were the descendants of those people who uh, believe they own this planet that uh, came from Atlantis when that war happened, which is talked about in the in the uh, edicts from the the uh, uh, Indians in uh, in India. The Germans also have a version of this, and the Romans have a version of this, and others and others too. But we don't have a lot of their information, and this is what I'm leading to and alluding to uh, of the War of the Gods. Okay, and that when that happened, that was when uh, people who were in service to others got tired of the people in service to self doing uh, harm to this planet, and a war ensued, and the evil people left the planet. But before they did, they tried to destroy the human race. That was the deluge that happened here on the planet that everybody says that God did it because God was angry, right? Children afraid of the dark, making up stories, and they don't have uh, actual education are always going to point to a god and say god did this people do it now I, I know people here in the united states something bad happens to them they're like why does god let this happen that, that that's and that right there is is uh is ignorance of the universe and how the universe works okay and that's not their fault right like like jesus said on the cross father forgive them for they know not what they do Okay, so now let's look at when Raw was talking about being here and they screwed up and got us stuck into this, uh, in this uh, you know, overlay on our matrix that is here that is keeping everybody here. 
They also talked about people in South America who, in fact, ascended. And we now know in history that there was many races there that just disappeared. The Aztec, the Mayans, the there's a you know Incans, a few just disappeared off the face of the earth, and they didn't go someplace else. It wasn't like there was a famine or there was something happened or a war, and there's no bodies. And they didn't integrate with the society, so there's no influx anywhere on the world of the population of about 8 million people in South America that integrated someplace else or migrated someplace else. So these people just disappeared off the face of the earth, right? Some people would say, oh, aliens came down and called them and took them away. They would rather believe that than to believe that there was a spiritual event, okay? So Casey says, I'm a nerd too. Yes, right? I am, I'm a, a full-on nerd. So uh, uh, Raw says what happened with those people actually ascended because they became awake and they, they understood what was going on. There's that word again. They, they, um, they, get, they gathered what was and, and, and assimilated the knowledge and integrated it into their society. Why do I say all of that? I say all of that because if you look up, if you look up the the people from the Amazon region of South America and read their what their creation story is about, the creation myth, they always call it a myth, right? If you look up creation story, it's harder to find. But if you look up creation myth of any uh, region, you'll get the, the so-called myth, right? This is the stuff that they do where they up is down, down is up. Left is right, right is left. So they try to they throw in a lie. There is no definitive proof that this creation story is true. Therefore, it's a myth, right? Well, they say that that Jesus was a myth and that he was created by the uh, Romans, and and the Buddha was a myth because there's no definitive proof that he existed, and and no one like Thor and Odin. There's no definitive proof. Although the Queen of England, who is now deceased, her clan claims that they can trace their DNA back to Thor, which is actual bullshit. And a lie. Okay. So the reason I say that is if you look up the people of that region, one of their creation stories that they believed, and then that, that belief died out because those people disappeared. But the said in their creation story that this earth was not real. And that it was a dream state and that it was an illusion. There's only one group of people on this planet today, besides those people in, in South America, that have that in their story. And that is the Aborigines in Australia. No one else has that as part of their story, that this is an illusion, except for now, right? And then uh, in the Dead Sea Scrolls, which were so the so the same so people not in South America but over in in uh, um, Asia, right Asia Minor, right the Middle East had that story as well, and it was taken out of the Bible, and it was not in just one book; it was in multiple books that were added into the different Bibles at the time. And when they in the Council of Nicaea, when Constantine, and then David as well, when they were trying to consolidate the Bible and, of course, change it to what they wanted it to say, they took out a bunch of books. There's more books missing from the current uh, all the uh, big three Bibles than there than it was taken out. 
truthfully. Okay. And some of the stuff is now scattered throughout the, the uh, uh, world. And it's still not officially looked at as all of those books that, you know, should have been in the Bible. For instance, the Colburn Bible in Scotland, the first six books, six or seven of the 13 books. And there's that number 13 again, by the way, and the number six and the number seven. The first six or seven books of the Colburn Bible are, in fact, scrolls that left Egypt during the exodus of Moses. Okay? So that knowledge found its way to monks who took it, Scottish monks who took it back to Scotland at the time. The Irish and the Scottish were the same people. and They were stealing all the information that they could get because they knew that with the burning of Alexandria, that they were trying to eradicate all official memory of anything from that point on backwards. So they were stealing all of this stuff, every single scroll they could get, and they skirted them off to Ireland and Scotland. And then they, they, they had scribes recopy them. This is true. You can look this up. There was a book that was written about it, a documentary. It's called How the Irish Saved the World. You can look that up. It's not a joke. A lot of people don't want to give credit. There's a lot of things that people don't want to give credit to, and I'm going to explain that. It has to do with the law of one, okay? To make their lie work, they had to stop all information of any uh, group of people being in any way, including the Egyptians, being in any way global. So they were eradicating all of that information. Why? Because if anybody was global and people had the memory of that, then their technology would be greater than the technology that they were trying to tell you they had. Do you, do you see? Okay, so why is that important? Well, because to, to realize there was a global network of free energy at one time on this planet, meaning that the pyramids that were all around the world that still are there that were running, and all of the obelisks that most of the rich elites trying to destroy that knowledge and change the matrix knocked down or took and moved to different places. You can look this up, moved to different places to of their power as a trophy to solidify to themselves and anybody else. It's like rich people wearing rich clothes to prove that they fit in, paying uh, Kanye West $150,000 for a fucking T-shirt. Not literally, but they were like $25,000 or $50,000 for a T-shirt. And it was just a crap-ass T-shirt that was tie-dye that he made for $1.298 and probably hired slave labor out of China to do so. I'm just saying. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that didn't isn't what happened. Okay. However, being a rich and elite uh, uh, elitist, chances are that's what happened. He subletted out the stuff to anybody and didn't care to check whether it was the Uyghurs of China or any other slave labor race, which, you know, the Chinese don't care that people know about that. But there's, you know, in this country, there's Mexicans that are slaves. Okay, there's there's and white people that are slaves, people that get taken by the cartel, which is propped up by the American government. Okay, and allowed to to do what they're doing by the American and the Chinese government. These people have slave labor. We know this because every now and then they get busted. They have sex, sex slaves. And they have uh, regular slaves. Come on, let's be serious. Slavery didn't go away. It just went underground. That's all it did. Right? So it's still here worldwide. Uh, and in the world and off world. Okay, so the people of that Yucatan area, 
and south of the 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 uh, uh, that region of South America. They believed that this was a dream state and this was all an illusion. Everything that most people are starting to realize that are becoming awake and that have throughout time. Okay. And it's not because if you ask them, they didn't find it because they went to South America and found it. Some did. Some did. Right. Most of them were reading scrolls that they had found that people had claimed were from that time period. Okay. And now we know that in Nova Scotia, which means New Scotland, by the way, in Nova Scotia, Canada, which is on the east coast of Canada, they have the richest uh, uh, mines there of copper, right? At, just like they do in Arizona. And because of that, people were there. Now, why is that important? Because if they start telling you that people, first of all, their claim to the world is their land grants. Okay. So for America to be called America, it has to have been founded when, when uh, Christopher Columbus came to America. They can't acknowledge that anyone was here prior except for these savages that they tried to eradicate and murder off of the face of the earth. And the American government, and the Canadian government are still doing it to this day. You can look that up. Why? Because they would have the knowledge, first of all, and the access, and they lived here. So they could claim the North American continent. We can't have that if they want to claim this earth is theirs. So they're killing off as many of the races as they can and trying to keep them from educating themselves and trying to integrate them into our society so that their memory of their past goes away. The, the Australian government is doing the same thing to the Aborigines in Australia, and they have been for generations. They don't want anybody down there to know and remember what they know and remember. The same thing with Native Americans in the United States. Why? Because the Native Americans claim they could say, this is our land. We were here before you. We own it. And then after that, who were the first people? They don't want to tell you this because they can't have them owning it because they don't control them. The Vikings. The Vikings came to America. I did a study on this. I followed Scott Walter, who did a study on this, had two television shows dealing with this, not to mention the guys up there in Nova Scotia in the, the money pit that's also doing this. And now they're they have another television show that they do that is that they do when they're not digging up there on the island, and they're chasing the Templars and everybody else around the world as well, like Scott Walter was. Okay, so the Vikings were everywhere. And if you come to Northern California and you go on Highway 50 up towards uh, towards Lake Tahoe, when you get to Lake Tahoe on the California side, before you get to Tahoe City, when you can see the lake, there is a signpost on the side of the road that says Valhalla here. And it's a one lane coming, one lane going, a little windy road that takes forever to get to Tahoe. But it's a beautiful, beautiful drive. And I would and I would say if you ever get a chance to do something, take that that journey, start in Sacramento and drive and go up on Highway 50 and go all the way into uh, into Nevada on Highway 50. But along the way, before you get to Tahoe City or, or South Shore Tahoe, you'll find a place called Valhalla. And it is, in fact, an ancient Viking fort that has been renovated over the years to look the way it looked 2,000 years ago when the Vikings were, in fact, in California. 
Okay. And if you get a chance to go to Arizona, you can do the same. They don't have a fort there, but they have places where they lived in Arizona. Why? Because they had copper mines in Arizona. That's why Arizona's uh, colors are the colors that they are. And their flag is the, is the sun with the, the rays being red and copper and not white. Okay, because Arizona has the in the, for the United States, Arizona has the the highest concentration of copper mines and copper uh, in the whole United States. But in the whole Northern American continent, it's in Nova Scotia. And they now know Scott Walter proved that the Egyptians were mining all of their copper from Nova Scotia, Canada. And we know from the Aborigines, and you can check with Stephen and Evan Strong, who I know personally, and we've had several, many shows together and conversations about this. They've proven that the Aborigines have met with, and they have, they can show you hieroglyphs and petroglyphs that show that the Egyptians were in Australia, came there on ships, on boats. Okay, so they were worldwide. Okay, not just in that one little place. And the same thing goes for the people of South America and the people of the islands of the Pacific out in the Pacific Ocean. And they've proven that the people from Fiji and the people from Hawaii had been to South America because their trade routes worked there and all of their ships were built. Their boats were built the same way and they changed at the same time, meaning those people all met with each other and traded and somebody, their technology, which is what happens when you have trade routes. If you have something that's new, you take it and go check out what I got. You sell it to somebody or trade for it and you teach other people how to make that thing. Okay. And then other people want to learn how to make that so that they can sell it to other people. So the, the only way they could solidify erasing the memory so that you wouldn't know what raw had to come through channeling between 1981 and 1984, right? Jen, welcome. And Peter, welcome. I didn't say hi to you guys. They had to eradicate all of that memories, and, and they did. For a long time, people didn't know this, and most people still don't know this. This is why, what Leo, what does this have to do with the law of one? It has to do with the back memory and what has been taken from you so that this matrix can be usurped, can be overlaid with a fake matrix to keep you asleep. And why is that important? This is what Raw was coming through, channeling through Carla and the LL Research Group to tell the world to give back the knowledge that was taken from the planet itself. Okay? And, it, and that has been a concerted effort, concerted effort by those people who are in service to self to eradicate and remove all knowledge prior to the deluge from this earth. Only it didn't work, and it is still being found worldwide. And, it, and like I said, you can look up the creation story of the people in the Amazonian area, Amazonian Valley of South America. And you can read it in the Popol Vuh, the Popol Vuh, which is which is from the Olmec region, which is on the east coast. That has the the northeast coast of uh, of Mexico. Yeah, the northeast coast of Mexico, and uh, the Popol Vuh comes from there, and that has the ancient knowledge and 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 uh, uh, snippets of all the different stories from all the different peoples. So they didn't say this is the what we believe is the doctrine 
of the creation story. And I'm not going to get into the creation stories because that's I can go on for two hours just on the creation stories. And I'm not going to do that. Okay, that's going to be a documentary I'm going to put together, or we'll just do other shows on that. But I'm probably going to put the documentary together, if not write a book about the the theological comparison of all of these creation stories worldwide. All right, and so let me go ahead and continue here. The thought of not being able is not a part of our basic thought form complex towards your peoples, but rather is a maximal consideration of what is possible. Question. 7.3 questioner by squared do you mean that if 10 people call you can count that when comparing it to the planetary ratio of people as 100 people squaring 10 getting 100 is that correct answer ra i am ra this is incorrect the square is sequential one two three four each squared by the next number question 7.4 questioner so the word exponential would have been more of an appropriate word to be put in there, but for some reason uh, he wasn't understanding that word. There's that word understanding again. He wasn't standing under the knowledge. He wasn't. He wasn't getting the knowledge of what he was trying to say. But exponential would have been more what he was. But that wasn't exactly what he meant either. When Ross said that, see, there's me saying the word him again. What they meant when they said that that's why they didn't use the word exponential but we would probably now understand there's that word again we would probably now uh discern understand right the discern i'll try to use that word instead of understand uh glean or realize that word and associate uh better with that word than we would uh square root right exponential would be a better term to use inaudible use an example if 10, only 10, entities on Earth required your services, how would you compute their call using this square rule? Answer RA, we would square 110 sequential times, raising the number to the 10th square. Question, 7.5 questioner, what would be the result of this calculation? Answer RA, I am RA, the result is difficult to transmit. It is 1012, 1012, approximately. The entities who call are sometimes not totally unified in their calling and, thus, the squaring is slightly less. Thus, there is a statistical loss over a period of call. However, perhaps you may see by this statistically corrected information the squaring mechanism. So I wanted to point out that in, the, um, in most of the Bibles, with the Hebrew uh, Bible and the Christian Bible, in both of those Talmuds, there is the term that... Uh, that was used uh, by what was supposed to be God speaking, uh, saying where two or more of you gather with the same thoughts that will easily reach heaven. And that was in, in uh, Matthew, um, what is that, Matthew 18, where, the, where literally it goes into saying, uh, you know, if you had uh, an ounce of faith, you could literally move mountains and where two of you or more gather, then I will hear your call and do your bidding. And that goes to the charm of making, uh, right? Which translates into modern English as uh, all that is nature and of uh, time space do hear, heed my intention. 
and or you know do hear my call do uh, do what i say do heed my intention and that is the three plus three equals six six plus three equals nine nine plus three equals twelve right twelve twelve and your intention becomes the one so that's the hex boson the god particle the creation right so that works on a creative scale but it also works on reaching out to the universe and the reason for that is that the mathematical equation we've talked about this before but i've never really gone into the math of it okay so for people who are in service to others which would be considered good on our in the universe as opposed to people being in service to self which is considered evil to graduate or to to uh move up to the next octave right during during a, a time of culling or a, or a whatever uh to, for you to graduate at the end of a cycle you have to be 51 percent in service to others on the other side of the coin it because it's you know you have to remember there's oh, there's only eight uh, percent approximately right uh evil people on the planet and the rest are actually good or, or what is it 18 percent? it's less than 10 or no it's 10 percent or less so it's about eight percent so the on their side of the coin to graduate on the evil side they have to be 99 percent evil they have to be downright vicious murdering killing raping pillaging evil to graduate they have to be really bad okay so the so that's the reason if you look at what raw is saying here to break it down mathematically it is easier the people who are in service to self have a harder time and a lesser voice because there's less of them so they have to be more and more evil to be able to graduate whereas people who are in service to others because there's more of us <laughs> your voice counts as more when you are doing good deeds so if two are together your voice is not just two if you're one by yourself your voice is not just one because your your voice has to be equal to that of evil people so one evil person is not worth one good person that is why in the mathematical scheme of things and this is what pisses off evil and raw talks about this in that place that most of you know about but don't realize when you go to sleep, some of you have that dream every now and then that you're in another place that's magical and that you're somewhere standing and there's other people that you recognize that are standing with you, but there's not a whole army. There's five, six, seven of you. There's actually usually about nine, seven to nine. There's that number again. And you know them. You recognize them and their way they feel the way they their eyes when you see them you can see their soul and you know who they are and you guys are standing in a place where you're fighting a war against evil and one person one individual walks forward and holds off the onslaught of all all of the evil by themselves they are equal to the sum total of all evil and that all evil can't pass and that was the what you were seeing played out in lord of the rings if you've seen that fir first movie when they were the gathering and they were going on the quest gandalf 
who is standing by himself on the bridge that is now, you know, about to collapse. And he says, you shall not pass. And he stands there by himself and he hits his, his uh, staff on the, and it creates this bubble of energy around him. And he's standing there and the Belrog, which is huge, evil, and is it, 10 times his size, comes up and he's just fire and he's scary. And in fact, to the point where Gandalf said, run, you can't, you cannot defeat this, run. He holds this thing off, and the only reason that he ends up falling with him is because he let down his guard at the end, and as the Belrog was falling, his whip caught around uh, uh, Gandalf's ankle and yanked Gandalf off, and he fell into darkness, which was supposed to happen, but he didn't know that, and he died, and that was his falling to hell, like Jesus being the Savior, and then his resurrection, and that's why he went from Gandalf the Grey and when he was resurrected, he became Gandalf the White. Okay. So him by himself was able to hold off all of the evil of the earth, which was the in the, in the form of Belrog. That was, for those of you who are awake, that was what that was telling you. For those of you who are asleep, that was still telling you that through osmosis, it was getting into your brain and giving you that possibility that one single person with the right mindset and no fear can hold off the greatest evil that you can imagine. And that was what that's that was the lesson that was being taught to you that you're unaware of if you read the book and, and you saw the movie and you didn't realize that. Okay. And then Casey said, I was wondering why you hadn't answered me. Did you ask something and I didn't see it in the in the uh, uh, chat, Casey? I apologize if I if, if that's what happened. I don't see that anywhere. <laughs> no. Was it Denise? Denise didn't answer. You were talking to her. I'm sorry, I'm back, she said. I was wondering why you didn't answer. Okay, I thought it was me. I just looked at the chat and went, what did I miss? Okay, so that so so there's a place, right, that you guys don't know about where that mathematical equation, what does this all have to do with anything, Leo? Pardon me as I burp while I was trying to speak. Is, is That is what he's talking about, what they, here I go again, see, the vernacular we use is programmed into our brains all our entire lives. What they were referring to in this mathematical equation is the fact that, and you guys don't know this because of the matrix being usurped and the way evil tries to present itself in this reality as if they're in charge, one. Two, they're greater numbers than we are. Three, they have more power than we do. And all of that is an illusion and a lie. That is why they live in fear and that is why they are constantly on the aggressiveness through fear and stifling people as fast and as hard as they can to, to serve as an example to scare everyone else to shut the hell up. Because if you realized that you by yourself could hold off the entire evil minds of the American government you would become enemy number one to the American government today. And they would try to arrest you and put you in solitary confinement or kill you so that no one would ever know that truth. That is why they killed Jesus. That is why they tried to kill Mohammed. And that is why Jesus ascended, although he died to prove a point. Mohammed said, I don't need to do that. I've proven my point. And Mohammed left before they could kill him. 
They tried to do the same with Moses, and that's why God didn't allow Moses to go into the land of milk and honey because that whole thing was bullshit and wasn't the true uh, creator of the universe. It was because uh, God was God needed a spaceship for, and God was floating with a floating city for 40 years uh, in the, in, to make sure that everybody who knew anything from Egypt was dead before he took them to the promised land. Okay? Riding the frequency. Welcome. I don't know who you are with that name, but that is a great name to have. Riding the frequency. Welcome, my friend, my brother, or my sister. Uh, with the vibration of riding the frequency. Hello. <laughs> right? So that's what, for those of you listening on the MP3 file, I'm putting it up on the screen. Riding with the frequency. I believe it's a female because it looks like a female icon that's being up there, right? It says, hello, with three hearts. Right? Oh, Leanne. Well, welcome. Okay. So I know who that is then. <laughs> welcome. Right? That's so you, too. Right? That is so you. Welcome. Uh, so uh, yeah, welcome aboard. So it, I'm not I'm, because she didn't use her her actual uh, uh, stage name. I'm not going to tell you who that is. But those of you who know who Louis who Leanne is, you know who that is. Those of you who out there who don't, I apologize, but I don't have permission. She is using that name, and and but she did say her Leanne. So if she wants credit for who she is in real life, I'll let you Leanne decide if you want to do that and let people know who you are. You can type that in the chat. Okay, so. Um, so the, the, the mathematical equation that is in the universe that you're not supposed to know, and this is what, just to answer the call, Raw is stating that for more than one of you, right, that you, you guys have a mathematical equation, which is, right, and that's that mathematical equation of the base root or the square root of uh, your distortion plus the integer that is uh, your wanting or your calling. Uh, because you have a voice that is a hundred times more uh, valuable or higher calling and higher power than you think you have, at least a hundred times. Okay, so when you think you're alone and you think that your voice is just one, I only have one voice. What can I do? You don't realize that your one voice is worth the entire onslaught of all the evil, the sum total of all the evil is only in and of itself equal to one of you. If you understand, or there's that word again, I don't stand under anyone and no one does. If you realize your potential, do you see? And this is the information that they don't want you to know that they erased when they were burning everything in Alexandria and when they were burning everything during the Renaissance, when they were getting rid of all the books, all the history, everything to wipe out all prior knowledge and then lying and changing everything, making it that women are evil because they ate the fruit in the garden, become some snake, told them to do so, and they lied to God. And then they convinced Adam, and he's innocent, that men are not... Uh, the ones that are guilty that women are, and men were just, just uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, be be dazzled by, uh, by uh, you know, by uh, Eve because she was hot, and he wanted to get laid, and he was thinking with his dick, so he just ate the fruit because she said so, right? And first of all, the entire universal mindset of the one true creator is not telling you that you can't know knowledge. So that whole scenario of you could eat from any tree, but this one was a fucking setup. 
right? Why would you say that there's a couple of places in history and the creation stories where the God, who's supposedly the good God, the all-knowing, all-loving, all-seeing creator of the universe, tempts people on purpose to entrap them. We call that entrapment. But if you're children and you're uneducated, you're like, well, God said don't eat from that tree. Why would God tell you the fucking tree was there? Don't eat from this tree when you can put a fence around it. He's God. He can make that tree disappear and be so far out of your reach that you couldn't reach it and that you couldn't eat from it. And you would never know about it. So if you weren't, you weren't supposed to eat from it, God wouldn't have said, hey, listen, I can, you can eat from anything on the tree, but don't eat from this one. And I'm going to leave now, and I won't be back for a few hours, children. So if you want to get in trouble, now would be the time. That's just like the whole, how, how simple and stupid the whole thing with 007 was and Dr. Evil when he says to him, what, what now are you going to kill me? And he says, no, I'm going to lock you in an easily escapable room with two inept guards. Because that's what basically happened every single time with, with uh, 007. Instead of killing 007, the bad guy always took that moment to uncover the plot and spend an hour telling him how he was going to kill him and end him and and the whole time, 007's going, yeah, yeah, and, 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 while well, he's trying to figure out how he's going to get out of there. And then he just Jedi mind tricks the fucking guards because they're too fucking stupid to see that what he's doing so that he can get away. That's what we who write call an impasse. We were blocked, and we need something to keep the story going. So we just make all of a sudden something stupid happen. And every time I see that happen where it's a completely out of character, when they're trying to kill off a character that is no longer needed in the storyline, or her or him dying in the story motivates the star to fight even harder, right? Then the, then the person does something completely out of the ordinary. That's why I liked when Obi-Wan uh, decided to allow uh, um, Vader to kill him. He stops and sees Luke first, looks at Luke and smiles sheepishly, and then stops and says, if you not strike me down, uh, Darth, I will come back stronger than you could ever imagine. And then he just stood there and let him kill him. He became the martyr. He sacrificed himself on purpose so that it would solidify Luke not ever falling into his father's trap and, and not becoming uh, uh, succumbing to the dark side. Why was that important to Obi-Wan? Because why? Because uh, we know that, that uh, Luke had the same problem later on with his nephew and that almost ruined him. But the reason that he was able to withstand all that was because of the experience that he had with his father when he was the same age as his nephew. And that was the only reason it, you'd have to know the whole storyline and read the books to understand that. They didn't even talk about that. There was none of that going on in the in the movies, but it was still there and apparent in the movie. And that's why he ended up coming back to help them. Okay. So I liked that they did that in that storyline because most of the time they do something stupid and you go, that person would have never done that. If you know, if you're paying attention to the characters and I hate that, right? So when I, when I was writing, even though uh, people are like, oh my God, you, you're, you're writing like as if you're a fifth grader, which I was told. Every time I uh, turned something in, they said, you have to dumb this down. People aren't going to understand it until I dumbed it down to a fifth grade reading level. People are like, it looks like a fifth grader wrote it. Yeah, that's because I was told that the, average american reading comprehension is fifth grade and they wouldn't understand anything that i had to say until i dumped it down i wrote it in an eighth grade level and they said no and i revamped it to a seventh grade level and they said no 
You have to be, you have to go to a fifth grade level. You have to speak to people where they are. They have a lack of education. They don't know how to read. And it's true. It's worse now. The average American's reading comprehension is about third grade now. That's why people don't read shit. They want to see a video. They don't even, when you say something, you go, hey, you should go check that out. They go, you got a link for that? Because they can't figure out how to Google that shit. Can't figure out how to spell it. That's why they have to have spell check for everything these days because nobody can remember how to spell anything. And then they have to, they spell it and go, I don't know, I can't find anything on the internet. How about learning how to read and write and you'll learn how to spell? Anyways, so your, your power, this is why you have to remember the, 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 the energy of the three, six, and nine. We are the three energies. So you have to realize that it's three times three times three. There's your exponential again. Right. And if you're if you guys are in any way a druid or any way a pagan or any way a, a Wiccan or any of those religions that came out of the East that are here in the United States now, you know that the motto is do what thou wilt but harm none. And if you do something that is against people's will and you harm yourself, you get your negative energy back three times three. Why is that? Because it is the power of the universe when we are the three energy. So right there, your one energy is already worth three, just your intention. Your thought alone is already worth three of you. And then you take that energy and you add it to what has been created in the universe, which is which is nature and space-time, and that is also the three energy. So your energy becomes the six now. It's compounded three times or one times six. And then when you take that energy that you will put your intention into, when you put your intention into that again, it becomes the nine energy. So now exponentially, your energy is nine times more powerful than it was when you originally started. And then that becomes the God energy, the hex boson. And then when you add your intention, your energy one more time to that, it becomes the 12 energy. Okay, and the 12 energy is literally only intention off of the creation. That would be what the 13 is one and three. What? Right. The one and the three become the 13. So it doesn't become when you use the 12 energy and you add your energy, which is three. It doesn't become 15. You become the one. That is the energy of three, six and nine. The energy of three being on uh, run by itself out into the universe. Say it's spiraling outward, 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 outward. And then I'm just using it could be inward. It could be outward. Uh, it depends on the moment. They're both. And then the other energy is spiraling inward, 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 inward. Let's say the three is going outward and the six is going inward. The nine energy is what controls those energies and sends them back on themselves. That creates what? The figure eight, the infinity, the infinite energy. Okay, so that is, 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 I don't know if that's as simple enough, but I know I've gone on a long time with this, but the, 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 however, the, so the analogy that Raw is, is trying to get across here, which most people just listen to his math and went, oh, okay, so, so like, uh, yeah, like if two or three or 10 people get together, because that's kind of all that he says, right? That's all that Don says in his understanding of math. He doesn't realize the depth of that. So when people say, I'm just one person, what can I do? You, with your intention, with the universe, with creation and your creative ability, if you are in service to others, is worth all of their intentions of people that are in service to self by yourself. You cannot defeat them and they cannot defeat you. So if you ever go to that place, 
in what you think is a dream, but you know for some reason you feel that it's another world that you've gone to, another reality that's real. It is, and there really is a world that's going on there, and you are. And Raw talks about that at one point. I don't know where it is in the 106 sessions, but Raw talks about that, how one person stands and all of the entire army of evil comes and cannot get by the one person who says, Thou shalt not pass! You shall not pass! And they stand there until both have expended 100% or 99% of their energy, and they collapse, and all of the evil runs the other way, and that person collapses, and the other six people, or seven or eight people, usually it's seven or nine, that are standing at the time, they go and pull back that one person, and one person walks forward while the other six, or the other five, right? Because that'd be six, seven, or the other the other seven, because it would be eight, nine, or five, and it'd be six, seven, depending on whether you have seven or nine standing at once. Everyone else then recovers that person by giving them love and compassion and consoling and protection and everything that you need from that side of the kundalini energy, which is the feminine, the peaceful energy, the nurturing energy, the loving energy that is the universe, and that recharges that person's batteries. And then that person, uh, their job from that point on is to then only help and love and nourish that person who has to hold the line when they're done until they've recycled through to the point where it's their turn again. And by that time, you're the strongest and you're now back to where you were when you started and you can now stand. And that is what they don't want you to know. They don't want you to think it. They don't want you to believe it. They don't want you to know it. But that's why you see the stories of saviors. You see the Thor character, who is the savior character or the defender of the of the, the human race. You see Jesus. You see what? Let's say Neo, Superman. Every single hero, to char hero character in everything, in any pantheon, no matter what it is, is showing you that one person can stand against many. 300, a real true story of Leonidas, which is the word means Leonard, by the way, which means Lionheart, by the way, which is my name, Lionheart. That person understood, there's that word again that comes out when I'm not thinking, that, that person realized the worth. And, and there was a scene in the movie, but happened in real life, and that's why they put it in the movie, where he's, he's said, you know, Xerxes is coming uh, and, and wants to speak to you, my lord. And he says, well, then I'll go and talk to them. And he's eating the apple, right? And he's talking, and he says, well, there's no reason that we can't be civil as uh, Polonius kills the guy who's laying there uh, wounded, right? And there's no reason we can't be civil. And he throws him the apple. And he says, Sire, what if the lieutenant then says, Sire, what if, or his, his general, what, what if you, if they kill you, you go there and you kill you. And he says, he say, he looks at him and he says, we, if only, if we, if, if we could only get that lucky, pray that we get that lucky, pray that they are that stupid, which is ends up what happens. Eventually, they kill Leonidas, and he becomes a martyr, and all of Greece unites and conquers the entire world that Xerxes owned. Killed Xerxes, killed everyone, and took everything and incorporated every people and freed them and made them all Greeks. 
The reason we still have that story and the Greek language is because they conquered all of the known universe at the time. And that was eventually left to Alexander the Great. And his father said to him, Alexander, my son, ask for thyself another kingdom, for that which I leave is too small for thee. And Alexander pushed out even further and conquered the world until he died. I think it was of syphilis or something crazy because he was bisexual and he screwed everything that moved. <laughs> That's not a joke. Uh, they say he got bit by a mosquito and died from malaria. Um, but I guess that, that could be it too, right? But a lot of those old, uh, those guys back there and died of, of, of things that had to do with a sexual nature. <laughs> they just didn't tell you about it because everybody was screwing everybody. Let's be serious. The Romans, you can go to the Colosseum in Rome now and take a tour and they'll show you the different baths that were there that you could go into. And it was men who like little girls, men who like women, men who like little boys, men who like men, women who like, you know, and so you could go into any room that had whatever whatever you liked in that whim of that moment that you wanted to have sexual relations with. Okay? That's true. I haven't gone there myself, but I'm, I'm uh, really good friends with a, a buddy of mine who went there, and he said, bro, you have no idea. They had a bath for everything, every kind of sexual preference that you could imagine. The Romans were doing it back then. Okay? And it was open. It wasn't like there were signs on the freaking walls that said, if you want to have sex with a little boy, go in here. Sex with a little girl in there. Sex with a little boy and a little girl, go in here. Sex with a with a man and a woman, go in here. Right? Two women, go in here. No joke. Okay? So the math, getting back to that, getting off of the sexual thing and the conquering of the world, the math is that you alone are worth a hundred of them, a thousand of them. That is why the nefarious people have to stifle you and shut you up as hard and as fast as they can. And that's why they used to murder people like me on this planet. Me speaking the way I'm speaking right now would have gotten me killed in any other time than the 19th century and now. The 19th, the 20th, and now the 21st. Just these three centuries, these last 300 years, I wouldn't be persecuted. And I still could be persecuted in some respects in the 19th and the 20th century for what I've said. Right? Oh, and guess what? And the, the stupid thing crashed again. You see that? Just went down and, and uh, the thing came up. Right? So maybe we're just going to stop there and then pick it up later. I'll just continue talking because this will take me too long to reload the stupid thing. So I'm not going to do that. And I'm going to look for a better program. Right? So it looks like that, that this is where I'm supposed to stay covering this week is this information. Why? Well, that's actually pretty important, right? Think about that. Most of everything they teach you is that your voice is tiny. Useless, tiny little voice. And they try to show you that, the microcosm to the macrocosm, the other way around, the, the, the macrocosm to the microcosm. They try to show you by stifling you on the internet as quickly as they can on any of the platforms that they own and operate, by shutting you up if you say something that is not the way they liked it or what they're pushing, they do that with religion. They've, they've taken control of all these things. and They've gotten rid of this information. Then they pervert the stories that are still left in 
to a different way of thinking. Like, for instance, like I said, the, the Garden of Eden story of Eve chewing on the on the fruit of knowledge. Well, what did they gain? The church will say, well, they gained what they weren't supposed to know, which was the knowledge of good and evil. God didn't want us to know that. That's a lie. That's a lie. Because if you read the scrolls and you listen to raw, and I did this on my own without knowing raw, okay, and I hadn't read the scrolls yet, so I want to preface everything that what I'm saying with, I haven't been influenced by the Dead Sea Scrolls or Raw because I hadn't read either one of those until five years ago. Okay? Had not read the Law of One, none of the six books, and had not read the, the uh, uh, Dead Sea Scrolls until seven years ago when I started reading that. And then Raw five years ago, six years ago. Or the law of one, I should say. Okay? And I still came to the same knowledge. Had never read the Tao Te had never read the Buddha, had never had never read these. I knew the, the concepts of the ideology. I called it the way, which is what the Tao Te Ching means. The Tao Te Ching means the book of the way. But I didn't know that. I had heard of the different races of aliens pissing off the CIA and the American military, because of the people that I know, telling the story of some of these aliens that came over during the exchange were evil, and they did shit like one alien would use his mind to just kill people for fun and laugh about it. Eventually, they had to kill that alien. He was, he was just murdering people and laughing about it. He was evil in service to self. And the other ones that drove them crazy were the ones who were spiritual in service to others. And all they wanted to do was talk about spirituality. They didn't want to give any secrets of military technology or any kind of weaponry to the uh, to the humans. And all they wanted to do was talk philosophically and spiritually and spiritual theologically. And they didn't fucking want that. Drove them crazy. Well, I took note of that. Why would that bother them so much? Why wouldn't they want to hear about? You can glean a shit ton about a society by listening to their to their religions to their spiritual way of thinking but they weren't smart enough to get that they wanted instant gratification in service to self instant gratification i want technology and technology alone so they couldn't get the information that they wanted and only the ones that would give them that was in service to self and they were also making sure that they got something out of the deal uh, so they, it was hard. So they ended up trying to entice the ones that were, they found the ones that were just like them in service to self, evil, twisted. And then they would say, well, how about we give you 88 virgins, American women that you can have sex with, or for the Draco, how about we give you some humans you can eat, or how about we give you some humans that can be your slaves, or how about we give you some humans you can do tests on so that you can figure out our genome, right? Uh, which I want to point out that people say, well, you know, how could how could our government have any kind of information like to be able to clone people? They haven't even they haven't even mapped the genome. I'll have you know that if you guys watch, and you can look this up because it just happened. If you guys watch, it was either Jeopardy, it was Jeopardy. I think it was Jeopardy. It was yesterday on Jeopardy if you watched it one of the questions one of the one of the questions was about the genome 
And in 2003, 19 years ago, scientists finished mapping the human genome. Do you understand that? Do you get that? Are you assimilating that information in your in your brain? 2003, scientists finished mapping the human genome. Okay? So when people say they don't know that much, you know, like when they were talking about uh, the coop and when they were doing the test, well, how can they know what this nuclear test that they're using is is going after a certain section of your of your DNA and saying this is where the uh, this is where the molecules are that are in fact this disease, which was just a flu bug, it was not a disease. This flu bug, and how could they find? How would they know out of the human genome where to look for it if they hadn't mapped the human genome? And everyone says, well, they haven't mapped the whole human genome, so they don't know. In 2003, they mapped the entire human genome. That's how they knew where to look, and the reason they knew where to look is because they're the ones who designed it. So they knew exactly where it shows up in your human DNA because they designed it to show up in your human DNA. I'm not going to talk anymore about that evil religion and that stuff because the algorithm will pick up on this and Facebook will take this information and give it to the DOD, which I'm not concerned with there, but they might stifle me and, and kick me off this platform before I'm ready to leave the platform. Okay. You only need a few cells, Karen, right? Oh, wait, wait, versus Peter says, I said this before. Let me put Peter up. I said this before. You should try Dragon Speak. Yes. He's talking about, I'm going to, I may do that. I may go ahead and bite the bullet and buy Dragon Speak. That way it's a better program and I can put that in there and Dragon Speak will talk and do the same thing. I'm going to look into that. Peter, you're absolutely right. Uh, so Karen says, and Peter's always trying to remind me this. Every time I talk to him, he's reminding me of that. And every time something happens when I'm live, he reminds me of that. Thank you, Peter. Continue doing that until I until I finally get a better program, including uh, buying Dragon Speak, up to and including buying Dragon Speak. So Karen says you only need a few cells to clone, right? That's true, right? You go into the hospital and take blood every few hours, lots of it, but yet. Right, I know I have my glasses on, so I got to lean forward here. I mean, I put my glasses on, but yet, let me look on the screen where it's bigger. Where is that at? But yet, uh, forensics can tell anything with just a drop. That's in the movies, though, mostly. But you're you're a lot better off or closer to reality than than most people realize. Hospital is taking your blood, I, I believe. So yeah, they are. Oh, I know they are. When they draw your blood, you go and they they go like, oh, we got to do like uh, five vials of blood to do all these tests. I agree with you. They don't need much more. When I go in to do a, a P test for, for my A1C, I went in one day and I couldn't go. And I dropped it maybe, I don't know, it wasn't very much. It was like five or six or seven drops. And I put it in there and went, fuck, Hail Mary. I don't know if this is going to work. My doctor said, they only need a drop. They only need a drop of my urine to find out what my average A1C for three months is. But you're telling me they need six fucking vials this big of my blood to do five tests? I agree with you, Karen. They're taking the fucking blood and they're running other tests on it. Many other tests on your blood that they're not telling you about. Okay? Agreed. 100%. <laughs> Peter says, you're welcome. Yeah, thank you and, and thank you again. Okay, so, so to reiterate what Rob was saying and that was on your screen until it dropped off, until a stupid thing crashed on me, that one person's voice spiritually, if they are attuned, 
in any way positive, not negative. And the more that you are in tuned in a positive way and spiritual and align your chakras and you are and you're translating what the in Buddhism would call the Kundalini energy, which is the balance of the light and dark energy. People always say to me, how is it you talk about balancing the, the, the positive and negative energy, the light and the dark energy, uh, but you're not saying to to embrace evil because there's a difference between the energies of the universe that is the oneness and becoming. Do you see? Your being needs both of the energies of light and darkness, good and evil, war and, and peace. Hence the, the novel, War and Peace. And what that was trying to teach you. You should read that or watch the movie. And pay attention to it from an awake perspective of why they were saying war and peace and why it was so long. Okay? Because that's what they were trying to slow burn into your head. The balance of the kundalini energies, those energies make up your genome. They make up the double helix. The double helix is, in fact, both of those energies connected by the glia cells in your brain right that's that little pathway in between so if you look at the spiral that's what the spiral in everything like if you look at the viking scottish uh, irish western uh, um, uh, southern vikings or even all the way into the north they had the knot work that knot work is the intertwining of two knots that is that information that is the if you look at the you know, the, the Egyptian symbol of and what we use for the doctors, what do you see? You see the double helix. That's the human DNA. The human DNA is the double helix. What is that? That is the spiraling of the two energies that the East call the Kundalini energy. Right? The, the Ouroboros. Some of you know that is Orborus. The Ouroboros is where you get the Oro, right? The the Ouroborealis. That is the mixture of the light and darkness energy. That is where you get that word from. So the Aurora Borealis, which you see as the lights in the sky, had a spiritual meaning, which was Bifrost, the rainbow bridge, which was the bridge between the mortal realm, Middle Earth, right, and the immortal realm. And the Rainbow Bridge, which was the Aurora Borealis, which is comes from the snake. This is in the in the Bohemian religion. The snake in the ocean, the dragon of the North Sea, that was actually the dragon of the sea. And the dragon grew so large that it can, was in the water all the way around the earth to the point of, of biting its own tail. That was the what? Ouroboros. The Orborus. Ouroboros. So the aura borealis is the spiritual blending. And that's why the, it was the rainbow, right? Which was all of the energy of the natural world and the and the spiritual world blending together, which is, in a sense, what's happening there, which is creating that light energy in the sky. So they were more awake spiritually than you realize. So the dragon of the North Sea, which was the Ouroboros, which was the dragon that was biting its own tail, is about death and rebirth. And the way to heaven from Middle Earth is across Bifrost, 
the Rainbow Bridge, which is the Aurora Borealis. Do you understand? Do you see? So that energy is the blending of the two energies, which is the knot work, and the knot work is always two intertwined as one. Never three, never four, never just one. It's two, and then they wind around each other. That is the symbol for the, uh, and, and I'd love to learn more. Uh, oh, you said I'd love to learn more, Karen, because Karen said, said what it was that Karen says, I have to back up it on my glasses on, so I'm trying to get to where I can read it, right? So, uh, so Mosca, right, liberation from the reincarnation wheel. Now, this is the Korean and Eastern uh, thought, right, the, the, uh, the wheel, right? Uh, well, it's also in the, in the Northern uh, as well. So it's, it's, it is worldwide. Uh, there is a way to exit the body at a 43 degree angle, and she shows the angle. Let me put this up on the screen, and she's showing a a, a, a right angle uh, uh, that will open up the. I have to put my glasses on. I apologize. <laughs> that will open up the ascension superhighway. This is she's talking about the Kundalini energy again. You leave the body in a spirit in in the spiral out of the crown. Yes. Okay, and and I, what doctrine is that from? What is that? Is that Bohemian, or are you looking at like the Korean, Asian, where they have the wheel with the with the thirty three spokes, uh, or are you talking about the round wheel that the Hindus use that have the thirty three spokes? Either way, it's still all the same thing that Karen is talking about, and that's what she's talking about is what I'm talking about. Only I'm just showing you the Bohemian of the spirals of, of the of the uh, and the Egyptian with the double helix but she's showing you the rest of the world where they use the same uh, method only they show you in a different uh, uh, manifestation drawn in front of you which i just talked about you have the wheel which has the spokes with the center uh, over in india in the hindu religion and then you have the asians the chinese and the koreans that have the center with the yin and the yang and then they have all the little uh, spokes going flat side like this and it's going outward, and sometimes they have a circle around the whole thing, and other times they don't. But if you count them, there's 33 of them, and that's because 33 is the is the number of the human genome. So that's what Karen is referring to, and I'm not sure what religion that's actually from because that covers what she's saying, and the concept covers uh, even with the spokes going either inward and outward or side to side covers all of the east right? <laughs> uh, so yes in the shaman shamanistic medicine wheel uh if you look at uh the european shaman which i have the the druid title of merlin uh or if you get to the americas where you have the shamans and the medicine men and women of uh, the north america and central and south america it is the same those people actually realized what was going on in the universe a lot more this is what i was alluding to with the Olmec and the and the uh, people of the Mayans of that valley over there, the Amazonian Valley, uh, that they uh, thousands of years ago, their ideology and spiritual mindset was what we are now, and what Ra was coming through with in 1981 to 1984, and what people are over in the East and everybody are now starting to glean, right? And on a mass scale, because it was already being done on a minor scale. And you hear people talking about this. Maynard talks about this tool where in, in that song that I, I played, those of you who are in the group, 
uh, chat that I gave this to you last week. Uh, the and and we talked about that where all the different uh, I think Casey did where she was talking about I think it was wasn't it you Casey that were saying that you were a fan, and you, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to Tool now because now you realize that you know they were a little bit more awake, and you know that this pain body is just an illusion. All this pain is just an illusion. That's the lyric from the song. So these bands going back, these rock bands going back to the 70s, 60s, they were very awake. Doing psychedelics very awake. Doors. That's why they called themselves the Doors, right? Yeah. So yeah. Lol. It was me, right? So I, I was pretty sure that it was. But I talk to so many people, and I'm in so many different groups, chat groups. Sometimes I make a mistake, and I don't remember who it was that I had a conversation with. So I'm glad that it was you, and that I did remember that uh, from last week, because uh, sometimes I do that, and I'm like, did I have this conversation with you? And then other times. We haven't had that conversation yet, and I'm having a deja vu. So that's why I talk about that, and I will say, correct me if I'm wrong, but we had this conversation already, did we not? And when people say, no, we didn't, I'm like, okay, well, we're going to, and and, and we're going to have it now because I have memory of us already having it, and now I'm starting to tell you about it, so we might as well have that conversation that I already have a memory of because that does happen, and I've talked about that. The closer that you get when you're on the right track, when you're on the right track, let me quote a lot of what people have heard before. If you watched um, Battlestar Galactica in the 2000s, 2002 through 2000, and, and it was four years, so 2006, I think, or it was four through eight, two through six, something like that. Uh, you should watch that. In that, the evil people, which they weren't, they were neutral actually, but they were the hybrids. The hybrids were the ones who were controlling all of the ships and able to jump uh, through lights, uh, light, uh, you know, light jumping, uh, you know, through hyperspace for the, for the, um, for the uh, um, uh, Cylons. Whenever somebody would go in and talk to them, they were very prophetic. And one of the things that they said over and over, all of them consistently was, "All of this has happened before, and all of this will happen again." And that that is being used nefariously on this earth because all of this has happened before and all of this will happen again. Because that's the way the cyclical nature of the spiral, which we were referring to before, the spiral nature of the universe is that everything is contained and it constantly spirals outward to a certain point and then flips over on itself and spirals inward to a certain point and flips over on itself and starts over. Everything uh, is created by the creator at the zero point, and everything goes out in both directions, inward and outward at the same time from that, and then is turned back onto itself and either goes inward or outward, depending on whichever it was going before, and that creates in an infinite amount of energy, infinite wisdom, infinite love, infinity itself. That is the perpetuation of the universe. So everything that has happened will happen is happening and did happen all at the same time okay so but if you don't know that then the knowledge of all of this has happened before and all of this will happen again can scare you into believing that and this is where they where they take a little truth with many lies nefariousness takes a tell a little truth with many lies in fact that was a a quote that the devil supposedly had when there is no actual devil. There is no one person that is equal to God that is evil. Not. Not. 
I just explained the math to you. That is the law of the universe. So that it does one individual thought from the universal mindset, one of me by myself is equal to all of them and all of the power they will ever have. Me by myself. You by yourself. You just don't know it. And this is where the teachers are trying to teach you all of this information. Right? If you listen to Edgar Tolle, he has said this many times. You are everything you can imagine already. I wish I was a star. I wish I was beautiful. I wish I was. You are all of that already. You just don't remember it. Do you see? Part of your waking up, and this is part of the deja vu process, part of your waking when you start with your vibration getting to a place where it's above the thinking mind, above the reach of the thinking mind, above the reach of your ego and the, and the egoic mind, when you start gleaning that, you start getting deja vu. Why? Because you're moving into a realm that is 4D, 5D. Okay? And in those realms outside of 3D, 3D is the only place where, it's, where time and space are not the same, where the past, the present, and the future are separated into three supposed illusions in your mind are separating those into the past as before, and it already happened and it can never be here again, which is a lie. The present, which is only now, and the future, which can never be because when it gets here, it is now. So the future is something that I want to have that will never get here. That's the problem that we have, by the way, is that when you're constantly thinking of the future, in the future I want to do this, when the future gets here, it's now. So if you're not manifesting it in your now, you're manifesting it in a place that you're never going to reach because it's always outside of your reach because you're manifesting it in the future, which is not within your grasp in this illusion. So if you buy into the illusion and that everything is in the future and I will know it someday, when is that day? When that day arrives, it's now. It is now. So you, if you want to become something, you have to start becoming it now, not in the future. I'll get around to that. It's a little piece of wood that someone cut out that says round to it on it. Right? I'm going to try. Try means don't. Right? Do or do not. not. Don't try. That was one of the lessons of, of Yoda that he was trying to get across. Right? Yeah. Then he says, I, I, always, I always have deja vu when people tell me that I'm nuts. That's because they're not in any way on the right track. And they want to tell you you're nuts. And they're trained to do that because you're not supposed to listen to deja vus because you're supposed to be distracted by the now only without the future, without the past attached to it. Self-serving, instant gratification of this illusion. You're not supposed to think about the future being now. You're only supposed to be thinking about now, now. You're not supposed to be thinking about the past, and I'm supposed to learn from the past and be the past and the present and the future all at once. You're supposed to be ignoring all of that and listening to your ego. So they want, they teach everybody that if you have any extrasensory perception, ESP of any kind, it is the devil lying to you to trick you so that you'll go to hell. That is what the modern Christian and uh, uh, Jewish faiths teach you. Not a lie. Look it up. Ask your priest. Ask your rabbi. 
They're not going to tell you that deja vu is in fact you becoming. You getting closer to the one. They're not going to tell you that. And I'm not saying that from an outsider. Those of you who know me know that I have four different titles that are a priestly title from four different religions. Okay? So it's not that I don't have knowledge, worldly knowledge. It's not that I don't know anything about any religion or any philosophical thought or any spiritual thought. I am, in fact, a theologian. I have spent my entire life learning, and this is what I do when I'm not on here. I'm a, I'm a nerd. And I, that's what I was doing yesterday and today. I was literally my entire day, yesterday and today, before I came on the air, was reading creation stories from around the world, comparing them. Not kidding you. Okay? So, in case I miss something, I go back, and I, if, I, if I get caught on something, and I go, wait a minute, what, didn't I hear that in another, uh, in another pantheon somewhere? And then I'll go and read, read them. I go, there it is, there it is, there it is. That's how I started putting everything together that I called the way. And then I started hearing stories because of insiders coming to me and saying, There's the one thing that pissed off the CIA back in the 40s the most was the fact that they were spiritual. And they talked about the one. I, I was introduced to that. 20, 30 years before I even heard of the law of one. Before the law of one was being, uh, was actually being uh, uh, channeled, I had heard that. Okay? So before 1981, I was told from insiders that the, the, you know, the little gray aliens, some of them, because some were evil, but the ones that weren't were very spiritual and they talked about the one a lot. And then I had experiences that I'm not going to get involved in right now and talking about that here. If those of you who know me, you know I've covered that on my own, where I was told about the one. Okay. So this is something that has been that has been coming through to me my entire life before I even knew the law of one. And I was piecing it together on my own. And I talked about this last week because Josie came into the to the audience. And I and I gave her rightly so gave her the credit of being the person who said, Leo, that's the law of one. You need to read that. I'm like, what is that? What is she talking about? And she was the one who linked me prior to that, by the way. The other video that I watched that had um, what's his name, whose name I can't remember right now. I can see his face, the blonde hair, uh, guy that a lot of people are discrediting, used to be on Gaia and left Gaia because of their draconian ways. Can't think of his name right now. Um, Wilcock, David Wilcock. And David Wilcock, unbeknownst to me, lived with Carla and Don. And she had sent me a video of his before she said, that's the law of one, you should hear about that. And so after the show, I was going to watch that. And then she says, that's the law of one, you should watch that. So I watched the video uh, of David Wilcock, and he mentioned the law of one. And then I went, that's what Josie just said. And she didn't link this to me because he said the law of one in there somewhere. It was because he was other things he was talking about. So then I went, I need to look up the law of one. So I looked at the link that she sent me for that. And that was one of the videos that I used to play until they monetized it. And then I read all of the books and said, I have to do a show on this. And I did that weird because it was in a different timeline than this one. Because in that timeline, I was done with that in, uh, in 2020, <laughs> or 2019, or 2020. And in this lifetime, in this, in this place, in this reality, that I am now occupying in this body, this consciousness, I was I just got done with that in 2021, which is weird, right? So 
And so there, there's a difference between where I was and where I am. I shifted. My consciousness shifted to a, a reality that was, was almost identical to the reality that I was already in, and there were small differences, which happens, and I've had that happen to me more than once. They call it the Mandela effect because they just realized that when Nelson Mandela, the people think Nelson Mandela died in prison. When in this reality, he did not, and he became the president of South Africa. So, and a lot of people remember that. And there's a lot that, so they call that, that effect that. When you remember something that is a deja vu, uh, that you have a memory of some of another event happening that was similar to that, and that something changed, and you and a few other people uh, remember that, or sometimes on a grandiose scale where a million people remember it, but the other seven and a half billion people don't remember it. Those seven million people came from a different reality than the one that they came from was similar enough to where that event happened the exact same way that all of those people remember. But they don't want you to think about the expansion or the idea of the possibility of, of the multiverse because that would say suggest that there's something other than what we have here in this reality. That's why they try to eradicate the religion that was the Bohemian religion, because the Viking people believed in more worlds than this one. Okay? In there, in just that one pantheon, they believed that. So, so the, so what, you know, so, the, so to understand, there's that word again, to glean, to fully ring out in your mind the law of one. First, you have to know what the laws are. And to learn what the laws are, you have to learn what they're not. And then you have to learn what has been taken from you, right? What has been taken out of your memory that you don't remember, and that is the laws of the universe and the laws of nature. And because it's in everything, we talked about this last week, that when you are awake and you look at it, it becomes so simple because it is literally in everything. That was what Neo, in the very first movie, got when he saw the zeros and ones and ones and zeros is that he saw we don't see that but we kind of do we see the spirals we see the pattern we see the all that is all of this has happened before and all of this will happen again we see that cyclical nature of the universe and we realize that the universe only only goes outward to a certain place and then it goes back inward and it becomes the one again and that is the cycle of what we are striving to is to go within ourselves to, to work on the shadow work, to find that which in, is in ourselves, the zero point of ourselves, and then to align our chakras. And to do that in every single savior character has done that and journeyed through going to hell, ascending to hell, and then or, or descending to hell, which is a, a metaphor for going inside the underworld in the Egyptian pantheon uh, and their uh, superstition or their uh, myth or their uh, spirituality. The underworld, and in other um, most other um, spiritualities, the underworld is in fact going in. It is a, it is the vernacular that's being used is going into oneself. Okay, and and then the descent uh, that was just hell is also the spiritual descent into yourself, finding your true self and being objective with yourself and then learning to love yourself. And once you do that, you can then blossom and transform. That's why everything does that, right? The, the little, the little uh, uh, worm goes into the cocoon and then transforms into 
either the beautiful uh, 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 butterfly or the ugly moth, right? Becomes one or very beautiful or very ugly, becomes positive or negative. Not that the moth is evil, but but in a, in a visual sense, it's offensive. It's the yin and the yang. But they both have the same thing within them. So the moth is not evil. The moth just looks ugly. And the and the uh, the butterfly is not perfect. It just looks beautiful. Do you see? So Denise says, Leo, I'm sorry. When I'm having a deja vu, does that mean I really was there once upon a time? I apologize. No, that's a perfectly good question. And no, I didn't. No, I didn't finish that that thought. Let me let me ring that out a little bit further. No. When you let me get back onto that point, right? This is what all of that transformation leads to. When you start having the deja vu's, it's because you are, and this is what I was getting to, you are have gone through the process or are going through the process of realigning your chakras and you have uh, found that which was in you. You may not believe it yet. You may not realize that you have started to balance the energies of both light and darkness, of both war and peace, uh, hatred and love, and that you're starting onto your track and you're on the right course. So it might be that you're still spiraling inward to the descent, or it might be that you're on your way out. That's unimportant because it's, it's, the course is proper. When you start having deja vu, and you start having a lot of that, it's because you're on the right course that you're supposed to be on spiritually and at the right time. And because of that, your vibration as a whole, now remember that your that you're sum total goes up in vibration even if you're descending into your darkness because you're on the right path. You're on what they would call the righteous path. So because you're on the Goldilocks zone, you then start to perceive, and the closer you get to either the zero point or ascension, or both at the same time, because that's what happens, you then start having more and more deja vus because you're getting closer to where future being my finger, past being my thumb, and those are becoming one with the now. So because of that, you're starting to perceive things that you think was is already a memory of the past when it hasn't happened yet. And it actually is still in the future, but you perceive it as in the past and it's happening now. Do you, do you see? So when you're so to know one of the ways when someone asks me, how is it that I can tell if I'm on the right path in my journey? Do you in fact have deja vus or dreams that come true? If you do, pay attention to those and what you're doing in your life because that means you're on the right path and you when you stray off of that path in one way or another up down left or right so you have to get that gimbal just right and when you start that's one of those signs that tells your psyche your subconscious or superconscious that i'm actually that's the right course you don't know that but it gets in there through osmosis because those events happen whenever you, and they make you feel good as well. Because you go, oh, I already have a memory of this. It's comfortable. Do you see? And you would have the evil side say, 
No, that's the part. Remember what I was alluding to where the, all this has happened before and all this will happen again? They try to tell you that it's the it's the death and rebirth because they're calling kills everyone and that you are just remembering a loop that you were in before in in the lie that is perpetuated by the oh well we've been here for ten thousand years a hundred thousand years a million years and we keep living over and over and over and over and because we've done it so much we've already lived through everything that could possibly and it's just a residual ghost effect of something that already happened before because we are in fact stuck in a prison that was created by evil people that are controlling it and we can't get out and we'll be here forever all of that is a lie but they use a little truth. This is what I was getting at when I said they tell a little truth with the many lies. They corrupt everything, and, and then they take the knowledge away, That, like me telling you that. You didn't know that already because you forgot it, because it was taken from you. And every time you do die and get recycled, you don't. you have to start over, but that's not done by them. That was put in place by us. We decided that. We decided that. When we were part of the galactic mind and we were trying to put, to get ourselves to move a little bit faster to have uh, experiences in every possible experience, it wasn't happening fast enough and we needed to speed up horse. And what we had created as the scenario, ever, all of us were got, had gotten lazy. So we were complacent in our own minds to our own creation. So we created chaos and the veiling so that we wouldn't know, so that the Headless Horseman, that was the story of the Headless Horseman, by the way, so that the Headless Horseman is chasing you through the darkness and trying to throw his, his head that is on fire at you and consume you and kill you. The boogeyman. That's what the whole Ichabod, you're Ichabod Crane, and you don't know, you don't remember that you're actually the Headless Horseman. Okay? What? <laughs> Ichabod Crane was, in fact, the Headless Horseman? Yes. The Headless Horseman, when he was a Hessian, if you read the real story, when he died, he reincarnated as Ichabod Crane. And Ichabod, the reason he was obsessed with Ichabod Crane was because Ichabod Crane had his soul in his head, and he needed to get it back. And so he was chasing him. It was his ego. It was the darkness in him separated away from the innocence of himself. And that's why he was so afraid of that because he was innocent and he believed that he was weak and that the evil in him, the warlike part of him was stronger. And so he ran in fear. And so it was chasing him. Why? Because why did, why did you think they'd never tell you? Why is it that, why is it that he wants just Ichabod's head? Not everyone else's head. Because Ichabod can, had his soul and his, everything that he wanted in life was what Ichabod Crane had, including life itself, creation, love. Do you see? That was the story of that, of that story that was being told to you. Karen says, there are different aspects of yourself on different levels doing different things even now. Let them know that you are aware of them and unite. Agreed. Okay, and that is the truth. And that is what the story of Ichabod Crane uh, being chased by the Headless Horseman was about. That is what the story of the temptation of Christ is about. Who do you think was tempting Christ? Christ was. That's why the one with with uh, with uh, Willem Dafoe playing Jesus got more people yelling about it than than the one with Jim Caviezel. Why is that? 
because if you watch the movie of the of of the the temptation the last temptation of Christ with Willem Dafoe playing Jesus who tempts Jesus but his ego the evil the devil in himself is saying you could have this i will give you a wife and children i will give you an entire life of peace love and freedom this is what you could have wasn't a separate entity why do you think that only Jesus could see? Well, because it was the devil, and only Jesus can see the devil. Uh-uh. That's not what Jesus was trying to show you. The descent that Jesus was showing you was his descent into his own spiraling down to the zero point within himself to defeat himself, and then he ascended to heaven. That is what we're all doing. Same thing with Muhammad, but Muhammad went one point one for one further place and said, I fixed myself before I had to destroy myself completely. And then ascended to heaven when they raced to kill him. But Jesus made that happen on purpose to become the martyr, just like with what Obi-Wan did with Luke. Do you understand? Do you see? And then Denise says, just love watching and listening to you. Thank you for all you do. I, I thought you were making some statement. As I read it, I realized you were talking about me. I should have put my glasses on first. Thank you. Thank you. I love you guys. I love this entire world. I love everyone in the universe, and that's why I do this. Okay. The reason I came to this planet is because I love all everyone, because you are me. I am you. So when part of me was stuck on this planet, I had to come to the aid. And that is what I'm here to do. I am here to help. That is why I came here. That is why they keep trying to recruit me. That's why I believe, like I said, when, when you listen to these stories of, of super soldiers, which I, I have questions about, but I'm not going to get into that now. But when I hear the stories, I'm like, I have every single telling thing of a, of a, of a 20 and back but I don't have the memory in the waking mind. But I see people who I know have had them, and I go, I know that person. I know that person. I know that. And wow. <laughs> I know them. And I don't know them because this body, I don't remember meeting them, but I know that I did. And I know that I know them. Okay? Every single person who says they've been on a 20 and back, when I look in their eyes, I go, I haven't met one. I haven't looked at one yet. I haven't actually physically been in, in contact with one and met one but those on on you know facebook and on television and and i, I see them and i go i know this person's not lying they've been on a 20 and back because i know them right that's the scary part but i don't have the complete memory of actually doing it i would love to sit down with with you know the, the different people like uh, in fact uh, eisenhower she just friended me i didn't know what i was checking my facebook i didn't look and all of a sudden there she was and i was like oh hey she just asked me to be friends and she's probably just clicking on people, right? So I don't think she found me and went, I know this guy, and clicked on me because she never messaged me, right? But she actually friended me. And I was like, hey, wow. Oh, okay, Casey. <laughs> All right, let me go. Okay, I'm going to go down this road now, right? It's 6 o'clock. I can be on here for a little bit longer. Let me go down this road. Some of you out there that I know know about this already, but Karen knows about this and Peter knows about this. And I'm not sure about anybody else. If Reese was here, Reese knows about it. <laughs> I don't know if any of the rest of you do. Okay. So uh, what here's let me there okay. I don't know if you heard me talk about the temporal war. 
The Temporal War is, uh, this is where people talk about, in fact, we just had Gary Osborne on, and he talked about the binary code coming from the future and being us in the future coming back and warning ourselves about something that happens in the future, okay? So there is a war that's going on through time as well as in this reality and in every reality, okay? A 20, yeah, yeah, uh, Eleanor, is that her name? Eleanor Eisenhower? Yeah. Um, she's friends with you, okay. So she just uh, uh, sent me a friend's request, Peter. Um, so I don't know if you said something, right? He said, uh, she's friends with me, so just said, okay, you know, that uh, just said, I'd let you know, oh, okay. So, all right. So then that means either you told her about me or she found me and then realized we were friends, something. Um, well, thank you. Uh, because she, you know that she's been on a 20 and back. Okay, so so what a 20 and back is, and now here's, this is where it gets weird and some people like tend to run, okay? But now remember that the Oracle calls me the, the, the history book of the universe, right? So one of the Oracles, but the one that, that is in the coalition that Peter and I are in. Okay, so a 20 and back, as basic as I can tell you is this. The U.S. federal government in this country, they look for people who are, in fact, wanderers that still have some of their abilities intact that haven't woke up yet and don't realize they're wanderers. Those are the best kind. Or a person that is on this planet that has abilities, and it's a DNA thing that families have abilities. They get a hold of you before you're aware of who you are, and they try to corrupt you in some way. And they usually get a hold of you when you're young, easily led. And what they do is they get a hold of you, and I have the memories of this happening. I'm in school, and I had this happen to me, and I didn't know what these memories meant until uh, people who've had 20 and back started telling their stories. And I'm like, wow, I've done that. You're in class. And someone comes knocking at your door, and you're somewhere between the age of, of usually 5 and 10 or, or 12. Usually after that, you start going through puberty. Women, it happens earlier than men. And once you start going through puberty, they don't usually come after you unless you're part of the system then. And then they continue with you. But this is what happens to you. They come and get you when you're young, and they come to your knock on your class, and they say, they're looking for Casey. Casey. You're one of the lucky kids that was picked today. You get to go to the museum on a uh, with your, with a class of kids who are the lucky kids. You get to go to a museum for the day and see dinosaurs. And you're like, oh, cool. But you don't have to ask your parents. They don't know anything about it. And you never tell them about it. And you leave with four or five or six other kids, and you get on the small van, usually a white one, sometimes a black one. And normally you live within a few miles of a military base. And you get in this van, and sometimes the driver of the van is wearing military uh, uniform, and sometimes not. And you're taking to a military base, and then you go into the military base, and you go underground, and you are transported to another military base hundreds of miles away, underground, and you do things for the federal government. And when you're on a 20 and back, they actually grow you in an instance from being the age of eight to the age of about 18 years of age. And then you are, uh, they do genetic enhancements to you and you become a super soldier and you have the ability to learn shit really, really fast. You learn martial arts, 
you are a super soldier, and then you go to war off-world for the American government for 20 years. And at the end of the 20 years, they then put you in a machine and regress you back to the exact age you were when they took you and send you back in time and put you back in your body at the exact moment they took you out, and then they return you to school with implanted memories of going to some museum and seeing dinosaurs, but then you forget about it and don't tell your parents when you go home, and eventually you remember it when you get a little bit older, but you only remember that you went to a museum, and it doesn't dawn on you that you never had permission from your parents to do so until someone reminds you that every field trip you have to have permission for. And you go, wait a minute, I remember leaving the school with kids four or five times and never asked my parents. And then you go, what did we do all those times? And then all of a sudden the memories are kind of foggy and they don't come back to you. And when they do, you have bits and pieces of a memory of going to a museum or going to see something or going here. And you're like, that's weird. Who was with me? There was like five kids. And you can never remember who the kids are that were with you from school and whether you're still friends with them or not. And some people wake up and remember those things, and, and uh, Eleanor Eisenhower is one of them, and uh, a few other people that remember they were on a 20 and back. They remember working for the government, being a super soldier, and being uh, 20 years. And then when they aged out, age regressed back to the age of eight, put back in their body and sent home. Okay. And I have all of the earmarks of being taken out of class and being taken on field trips over and over with never any permission from my parents and, and then having vague memories. I actually went to one of the places in San Francisco up on the Sausalito side where I went uh, with a, a group of kids and it was exactly what I saw. So it was real, but I was never really, really there. Okay. But I didn't know any of that until I started listening to these super soldiers being on a 20 and back. Some of them have their full memory and they weren't on a 20 and back. They were just super soldiers. Soldiers. So those people just remember I was a super soldier and I did this. They were never age regressed. Okay. So I have the earmarks, but I don't have the conscious memories. But I was recruited from the time of 11 until I was 27 years of age by the federal government, and then, and then the Illuminati and, and those assholes are still, they try even now, every now and then. But really hard. I was taken out of class when I was uh, about 11 years old. I've talked about this many times. And I was taken to an RV, which drove into the school, out behind the school in the playground, so it wasn't seen from the, uh, from the outside world. Myself and about 10 other kids, maybe, we were taken out there, and we went in. There was nothing but cubicles set up in this RV, and we were all assigned uh, a person, and I think they were all female. I just remember there was they seemed to be more women-oriented, and they all had clipboards and wore white, white smocks like a doctor, and they all had clipboards, and you were only to speak to that person and only whisper to that person in that person's ear, and they would whisper to you so that nobody else could hear, and you would go to a station, and at that station, different things would be there, and you would put on headsets, earphones, and then you would see something in front of you, either a visual thing or there would be something there for you to do or something for there for you to look at or whatever. And then we were tested on our cognitive abilities to break codes, to see uh, uh, shapes, uh, to be able to discern differences like before the before those images came out where you looked at something and when you focused on the on the foreground, you saw one image. And then when you uh, changed your focus to where you weren't focusing on anything, it would come clear that there was another image hidden behind the image and you could focus on it. 
those in 1974, 1977, 1977, I was being shown those. Those didn't hit the market until 1980s, mid-80s to 90s uh, for, for regular people. That was when they were mass producing them to see how many people could see that. And there was other things, too. I had rebuilt a carburetor for a lawnmower. There was, I was breaking codes. I'm a really good code breaker. Still see patterns in everything. I'm teaching myself, I counted, I'm teaching myself 23 languages currently. Not a joke, okay? Currently teaching myself 23 languages. Reading, writing, and being able to speak them. Spelling, proper spelling, proper grammar, proper punctuation. I'm not just, you know, learning words. I'm learning a grammar. I'm learning a sentence structure. Teaching myself 20, it, well, it kind of varies. I think it just said 21, but I think it's more like 22 or 23, but there's a couple I haven't done for a while. Like I haven't done Navajo in months. That's not true. I just did Navajo about two weeks ago, but that was the first time in about six months I did Navajo. So a 20 and back is that, where, you, where you've been taken by the government and then you end up working for them as a super soldier or a code breaker or something else for 20 years. And then they age regress you and go backwards in time and reinsert you, your soul into your body. And then you don't and they change your memory. You don't have any memory. They wipe out your memory of that 20 years and you they insert the memory of going to the museum and then boop, you go back to school. And that happens over and over. And I have memories of that happening over and over to me. And I lived in a town that was the only reason it was there was because the Concord Naval Weapons Station was there. And that, was that, that weapon station in the city of Concord in the, north, in the North Bay or the East Bay of the San Francisco Bay Area was the largest naval weapons platform on the eastern seaboard of the United States of America until they opened up the one in San Diego, until they opened Miramar in San Diego. Okay? Not a joke. And the town I lived in, this it became a city of Concord, Concord, California. I was born in Walnut Creek, which is in the neighboring city to Concord. Grew up in Concord. Literally, I could hear the gunshots on the firing range at the Naval Weapons Station from my house. Every night I'd go to sleep, and at 9 o'clock at night, the Marines and the Navy uh, would go out there and start shooting, and I could hear them firing weapons. And if you called the police and said, I hear weapons fire and it's coming from the north, they go, that's the military base, you're fine. It's just them practicing shooting in the shooting range. That's how close I lived to the military base until I was 11 years old. And, and then I moved about a mile south in the same city. And most of my life was in that city. And I grew up in the Bay Area. I didn't leave and live. I lived within, within five 10 miles of that military base my entire life until I moved to Arizona. And that was in 2013. Okay. So from the time I was born until 2013, I lived within five miles of that military base. And I lived within one mile of land that used to be either the state capital of the United States or a military base. Not a joke. I lived in the city of Martinez, which was the state capital of California before Sacramento. I, which is that now I live less than five miles from the, the, that, and I live within uh, three mi five miles of two military bases. Not kidding you. Uh, so I have my entire life, including when I lived in Arizona, I lived less than three miles from a military base. I have never in my life not lived more than uh, five miles from a military base in my entire life.
to this day. When I moved to Arizona, I lived in Queen Creek. In the outskirts of town was a military base. The outskirts of town. Queen Creek was there because of that military base, and it became an international airport. Half of it is owned by the military still, and the other half is an international airport, but it's not as big as, as the Phoenix Sky Harbor. It's the next biggest one, and I literally lived there for five years. Okay, Then I moved here. And I live, McClellan is, is five miles to the west, no, five miles to the south. And there's one more over to the, to the, uh, to the west. And, and I live within uh, uh, 10 miles of, of uh, four international airports, two of which are military. Not a joke. <laughs> okay? Not a joke. So my entire life has been within reach of the deep state to take me and erase my memory and put me back into what I am uh, in. in and me not have any knowledge of it. Not a coincidence. Yeah, Denise says no coincidence, right? Yeah, your brain is a computer. They can change your template at their will. Um, but the, the UFOs, let's, let's go down that, Karen, because you're absolutely right. Let's go down that, that road. UFO abductees, the movie The Fourth Kind, which was based on, we talked about this last week, which was based on, uh, on um, what's his name, Bud Hoskins, not Bob Hutskins, not the actor that's dead, but Bud Hopkins, the, the writer and, and uh, uh, psychiatrist. He was using hypnotism to regress people to help them to go back into their childhood to find out what traumatized them, a rape or something that happened to them, uh, being abused or whatever, so that they could then uh, uh, deal with that and come forward and, and start to heal. And stumbled onto, he didn't believe in UFOs at all. You're crazy if you think that you were abducted by aliens in his mind. Stumbled onto over and over people when he would regress them that were saying they were taken and had things happen to them and they were doing medical experiments on them. And he was like, okay, describe what you're seeing. And I've read his research. He put books out, okay, where he told, told the stories. Missing Time is one. Uh, and uh, there was, I think, three others. You could look him up. Look up Missing Time and find out who wrote that, and that's and then you'll find his other books. And I read his research, and that's what they based the Nome, Alaska UFO abductions that became the movie The Fourth Kind on his research. Okay, He was the character that in the movie killed himself, uh, who was the husband of the woman who was the star, who uh, also was abducted and uh, broke the whole story that, that they pretend was what happened in real life, which it was, but it wasn't. Okay, so because it was based on that, but the events that you see uh, happened, but not by the people that you see happen them happen in the movie. Even when they say this is real dash cam from the police, those were filmed. You, if you watch the DVD or buy the DVD, in the extras you can see them filming those scenes that they claim were in fact not filmed. Okay, however, everything that you see that happened in that movie happened in real life, except for the suicide. Okay, so. In alien abductions, they did the same thing, and that's how how Bud uh, got onto it was he would regress them. People were saying they're coming to him saying, "I'm having problems sleeping," and there's this owl that is constantly sleeping out, it's outside my window, and he's there all night hooting and looking in my window, and I can't get it to leave. That's one of the one of the um, um, overlaying memories that they give you, so that you uh, that, that substitutes for the memory that you had. Because our brain, even though it's a computer, like Karen said, we, we tend to realize, and they, they talked about this, the movie was the fourth kind, 
with Mila Jovovich. That's the one that I was referring to that was based on real events that Hopkins uh, went in, in his discoveries in real life, and they based it on his discoveries. His character was the character of the woman who is the star, not Mila Jovovich, but who she's playing. Uh, her husband, who committed suicide, that she's having problems dealing with in reality, uh, that he killed himself. She's having issues with that. Uh, that's why they all think she's crazy. Uh, in fact, it's because she's reading his stuff, his material, and his material is he stumbled onto the fact that uh, Bud didn't kill himself in real life. So that never that scenario never happened, but they played that for the movie in that way. But that movie is based on true fact that more people in Nome, Alaska, have gone missing and have been abducted uh, and have been reported being abducted than anywhere else in the United States to this day. More investigations by the FBI uh, for missing people and abductions in Nome, Alaska than anywhere else in the United States still to this day. And his research uh, dealt with all of that. You can look up that movie uh, and you should watch it because it's, it's very, uh, very woke, not awake, but very woke. Uh, the alien speaks to her, through her, and tells her at one point, there's no need for you to pray for your God. I am here. We created you. and We can do with you what we will. And that's the evil-minded people in Hollywood trying to propagate that evil is in control and in charge and that there's a creator. But that's one of the scenarios that happened here on Earth to get feet on the ground was that evil said there is, there's scenarios for conquering worlds, okay? And this I know from the coalition that I'm in, and this is the reason why we are here, is because of this. There are certain scenarios that the Orion Crusaders is what they called themselves when they left the belt of Orion, which Peter, myself, and a few others in our coalition chased them here to this planet with the Patal uh, to, uh, to defeat them and, and get them out of this area and this region of the, of the universe. They called themselves the Orion Crusaders at the time. And you've heard them called the Illuminati. You've heard them called the Bilderbergers. You've heard them called all these different, uh, the Skull and Bones, uh, the, the Essenes, the, uh, you know, all these different uh, throughout history on this planet, okay? Um, so there are certain scenarios when they come to a planet in 3D reality that they want to take over, they have to have your permission because of free will. Okay, so it's like a vampire. That's the whole story of vampires and why the vampire has to knock on the door and ask permission, wait for you to invite them in. Okay, that is real in real life. You, they, you cannot be invaded by a foreign power without permission. So that whole concept that they're trying to convince you of in reality, that aliens are going to come down here and attack us, they can't. <laughs> they can't do that that way. Conventionally, they can't just show up like ID4 did at Independence Day, the movie. They can't show up here and attack us. They can't do that. It's against the laws of the universe, and there are governing bodies, which Raw alluded to last week and towards the end of the uh, session. 53 uh, uh, race nation uh, coalition that is currently uh, residing in, in, uh, in uh, uh, Venus that is quarantining this entire solar system. Why? Because they did come here. And when they got here, they knocked on the door. They came down to the Americans after they had already uh, came to the Germans. They went to the Americans and they said, there's this evil alien race. This is one of the scenarios that is going to 
come and conquer you, but we can save you if you allow us to, to come down to the planet and defend you. They get their boots on the ground because you agree to it. They take over the world. The other scenario is they say, we are your creator God. We are, we are the one who created you. You need to worship us because we created you. And then you worship them, and that's accepting them as your creator, and that's allowing them to get boots on the ground. Okay? So both scenarios, in a sense, happened on this earth. And that is how this planet became stuck. And it's not as far back as you think. You have to remember, I've talked about this and I've explained the temporal war and the way that the temporal uh, causality works or the temporal weirdness that is like the quantum weirdness is that when you are come here from outside of this reality where time and space is the same, where uh, past, present, and future is all happening at once, when you come to this reality, you have to have a past and a present and a future. So when you get here, then you instantly have a past that goes backwards and changes the reality and everybody's memory of you, and you become uh, on this planet. If you come here illegally, okay, and you come down and you, and you land here as a conqueror, then you automatically have a past and you have a present and you have a future. So people perceive you in the past and think you've been here for 100,000 years and you've only been here for 10 years or five minutes. Okay? So that's what happened with them when they got here. They immediately, their past became a past. And because they got here, you know, Grover's Mill, 1938, which is crazy, right? The whole, uh, that whole thing from uh, War of the Worlds, which they said was a hoax and a fake, uh, originally was not. And that's what, if you watch the movie, uh, of a buckaroo bonsai across the eighth dimension. That's what they talk about across the fifth dimension or whatever it was he was crossing over. Um, that's what they talk about there is that that whole Grover's Mill thing was actually a real invasion. And that's when they got here. And, but they used the electroids from the planet 10 coming through. Uh, and then they came through in, in 1938, Grover's Mill. Uh, and they were still here in the, in the 80s when, when uh, the movie was being done. But that was what that storyline was about. Okay. Um, and then you were saying, uh, Casey said, I saw a UFO when I was 17, and I have Missing Time. That's the other book that Hopkins wrote, by the way, Missing Time. Um, that, that's one of the books that he wrote, which that was where the, they started figuring out that people had Missing Time, where their memory was altered, and they would see the either the owl or they would have something. Or like my father had a lot of Missing Time, where he would be driving, and all of a sudden he'd go, where the hell am I? And he would look at his watch and he'd go, my God, there's an hour and a half. I couldn't, was, I couldn't have fallen asleep. I'm driving. You know, and then so he would, would go, where the hell am I? He'd look at the street at a sign. He would go, my God, I'm 100 miles away from where I was. I got to turn around and go back. He had a lot of missing time. Told me about it. Didn't understand what it was. Okay. So then you saw it again six months later. Both times it was with my best friend. And you guys were both probably being uh, abducted, the American government has sold the rights to uh, uh, alien races for technology, traded the rights of you, of its people, and the, all, all around the world, the governments have done this, for technology, and they've signed agreements with uh, aliens, some of which already live here on the planet, but mostly it's like the greys who don't have a soul, uh, and they've been a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy, which they talked about in, um, uh, in Stargate SG-1, the television series, that they were a copy of a copy of a copy and, and they didn't have a soul. And that was part of uh, Whitney Strieber's book, Communion, when he asked the, the gray aliens, what do you want? And they said they wanted communion because we're an upgrade. We 
the human race is at least seven alien races make up this flesh body and our DNA. Okay. And they're royalty, galactic royalty. Okay. So we are intergalactic royalty, but we also are pretending that we don't have any memory. The people who came here searched high and wide for the Goldilocks zone, perfect place to come to here. Okay. So the human race was, is, and from our perspective, where the Big Bang happened. Okay. You need to realize that it looks like this earth is zero point for this universe. And because of that, the royal races of this universe have come to the place that is the holiest place in the universe and deposited their DNA. And that DNA was then used to make a being that is living with no knowledge of the universe in the most holy place where the entire universe, the Big Bang, happened. So we think we're on the outskirts of the universe when in fact this may quite possibly be zero point for this universe. And from our perspective, it is. Okay, And we believe from off-world that it is. So this place is the most holy place in the entire universe, and we are the most holy race. Not just because we were told by God we were the chosen race, but because we are, in fact, the royalty of this universe as one. And then the spirits in here, which we are the creator itself, we created this entire universe. So we are here pretending that we are asleep and that we don't know it when in fact, and this is just a scenario that we're playing on purpose, a what if scenario. Well, what if what if we let AI run for a time? That's the devil. The devil, the, the AI is the new word for the devil. Okay? It's just the new evolution of the devil. So the devil was that loose on the earth for a time. That means there's a beginning, a middle, and an end means it ends at some point. That why That's why it's worded that way. So this scenario that everyone thinks, well, in the future, the AI wins. No, no, it doesn't. It's not supposed to because it wasn't created to. It has an ending to its creation. And it's not forever. And that's what's pissing them off. That's why they're trying to recreate. That's why they want communion. They're trying to figure out if they can synthesize the spark of life the creation that's what they're trying to do here they're trying to recreate and become god itself that's why if you read the the book of truth you hear that error created the human race when they say the human race they don't mean us in our spiritual mind they mean the ego that is the evil they created the evil thought that we allowed to happen do you see so the error is, is the universal word for the devil, the universal word for and concept of the devil, chaos, error. Yeah, Google the beast machine, Karen says. What is a star family again? <laughs> a star family is a grouping of people, okay, a grouping of souls, that you are have an agreement with to be around each other and to stay together 
in multiple, multiple lives or all of your lives to help one another to be able to ascend, to go from zero, from I'm a baby soul in this place, to graduation. From that, all the way back to becoming the one, when you ascend all the way through all of the millennial. The reason for that is so that you can help each other, so there's something familiar. Your children come through as your, from your being your parents or your grandparents or your cousins. You come through as being their children or their spouses or whatever. The scenario changes each time. So the person that you say that you have children with that you have in your life, say that's the person that you stay with forever. Or maybe it's just a person that you have children with and then divorce in five years. And you never talk to them again, but they're still attached to you in your life. Even though you're not married, you're still friendly with that person and they're still in your life. Or even if you, I hate them, but I still have to deal with them. That means that that person and you were very close, probably in the past life, and and in this life you're not you're not being as close because you might have been mother son father daughter in your past life, and it seems kind of weird in this life to be together and have children. But you did that to propagate to make sure that you gave the right place and DNA, so the right family happened, so that other people who were a part of your life before come through, who could have been your parents or your grand or your grandparents or your great grandparents coming through now as your children and then it could be that one of your children was a husband or a wife in a past life and they died way earlier than you did or way later than you did because you died earlier and you don't know that you don't have the memory of that that's part of the chaos so you don't know that this person played that role in your life last time but you're drawn to that person and you love that person unconditionally but not on a physical level that you have in this 3d reality do you see all of those things that happen here, if there's any kind of incestual ideology that goes on in your brain, is just part of the ego that happens naturally on this planet anyway. Because we ourselves, when we created ourselves, still even gave ourselves that thought. And what would it be like if we had, a, you know, what 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 was is now called the Oedipus complex? Every possible scenario that you can imagine, be it good or evil, is what we're imagining to have happen. Because we're trying to round out all that is positive and negative to get a fooling because we have decided that that is the fullness of the universe. And without the negative, we would that's well, a scenario that we came up with now to round out everything. So the dance is the, the yin and the yang. So all of that is so it's not it's it's not wrong, but it's not right. Do you understand? On a galactic scale, that that whole murder, rape, pillage and mur and all of that isn't wrong because it serves the whole. But on a physical three-dimensional plane, that it is wrong. And it's supposed to be taught that way because you're either supposed to choose to be good or be evil. Do you see? But you can't have one without the other. You can't, you can't round out the the what we call the kundalini energy. You can't round that out and have that balance and have both uh, scenarios happen, which is the fullness and the richness of the universal mind, without having the evil and shit happen. But what about the the uh, the galactic beings like like is that uh, Assyrian and and uh, Lyrian that are like spirit guides? Ah, good question. That are like spirit guides and and uh, what was I and spirit guides is more what I was talking about. Okay, so that is also the same people that you have around you. Okay, so so your grandparents are now gone. If they haven't come back through as a brother, sister, cousin, or, or somebody else already, they're uh, acting as your guides as well. You have your higher self 
who is in halfway through the, the sixth density and your higher, higher self, who is in the eighth density that also comes through and you don't realize that it's you. Okay. And then there are people that are, that are not coming through to this earth spirits that are also here to help as wanderers, but they're not coming through. And their job is to be the angels that are the guides that are staying in the place of reflection, which is where your spirit goes when you die. It goes to the place of reflection, and then you sit there with guides. And these are the people that people tell you about when they take ayahuasca or DMT or when they have a near-death experience and they check out of their body and astral project and they go to a place where there's someone there that's talking to you and saying, it's okay, you're going to be okay. Those are your ancestors, your dead relatives, and your guides who are, in fact, uh, in, attached to you as a spirit and other spirits at the same time. They work, uh, you know, they don't have to sleep because they're not in a body. So they're literally, they could be attached to a million of us on this earth. And every time somebody pops out and needs help, they go rush to them and help them and then move over to help here and help over here and help over there. And, uh, and, and then that's that spiritual family. Okay. So it's either people that are attached to you, yourself, your higher self, your higher, higher self, or it's people that are, that's their job is just to be guides and to assist and just in case that your entire family happens to be down on the earth right now or occupied in other places and they can't be there to help you uh, in the place of reflection when you decide, did I learn what I set out to learn or do I need to recycle and come back through again because I didn't learn this lesson or that lesson or this lesson the way I wanted to. So when you say, why is God allowing this to happen to me? Why is God making this? God didn't choose it. You did. But then you are God anyways. So in a sense, God's allowing it to happen to you because you're the one who chose your classes, right? So our soul families have been uh, have been messed up. We used to know who was incarnate next. You would you would you would know who was coming through before their birth. But that was before the veiling. And once the veiling happened, you didn't get to know that. So they weren't. So they were messed up by us on purpose. Most of of the things that we say. Uh, that was messed up by evil. We're giving credit where credit's not due. They're taking credit for doing a certain thing that makes it look like they have more power than they do. Well, we're because I'm evil. I messed that up and I don't let you know that anymore. That's not true. They don't have that power. They never had that power. They're just claiming to have done that when they didn't. They're lying. That's telling a little truth with a big lie. Okay. They, they pretend they know because they get to know a thing. Because once they know it, they know that stuff, and they teach it to their kids to, to, to say these things, okay? But they don't let us know that because we're their victims. They have to have the knowledge, okay, that has been taken from you. The only way that they know what to do to, uh, to be in control of you is they have to know a thing. To control a thing is to know a thing. To know a thing is to be able to control that thing. To control a thing is to destroy a thing. To create a thing isn't in their vocabulary to know a thing. Think about that. Because it's not part of their religion. Do you understand that? Because it's not part of, they don't get creation. It's why the greys want communion. It's why these people in the AI are trying to figure out a way of getting your brain, your soul, into a computer. Because if they can sim stimulate or they can simulate the mind and the soul and give it that spark of life, 
then they don't need God and they can conquer God. But that was not what they were created for, and they will never have that ability. So they have to trick us. Jedi mind trick good people into doing it for them. This is why I made the comment that we are the dwarfs under the mountain building the weapons for their war machine that the Vikings were talking about. The dwarfs under the mountain, when they mean dwarfs, they don't mean small people. They mean dwarfs of mind, diminished of mind. Diminished of mind. We are the slaves building the weapons for their machine. Do you understand? That's true. That's happening. In real life, human beings are building weapons that are being sent off-world so that the Crusaders can conquer other, and they've conquered 21 other solar systems in this area, and they started from this one. Okay, And that came to us from the Andromedans, which is an alien race that came 8,000 years into the past. There's that number that people say that the when, the, when Gary... Osborne talked about the binary code that uh, that Wes's name got from touching the, the spacecraft over there in Rendlesham Forest, that that binary code was from 8,000 years into the future. 8,000 years in the future is when nefariousness, the evil, showed up in the Andromedan galaxy. And they and they're, and they're by their home world, and they said, where did this come from? And as they traced it away from themselves, they went backwards in time. And when they followed it backwards in time, it originated from Earth in our past. Not now, but in our past. Okay? 1938 is when that happened. And before that, when they got boots on the ground in Germany. By 1934 or 1935, they had boots on the ground. So the truth is, when the aliens got here, it was about 1934, 1935, when the door was open, and then when they had total domination of the planet, it was in 1938. Not too long after that, and that was when you had to fly over that, have, that, that there is film footage of that's still out there in the universe of uh, flying over the White House lawn with spaceships. Those those uh, classic 50s style uh, uh, saucers, flying saucers. Real life really happened. 1938. Look it up. In fact, if you go to Ancient Aliens Worldwide, which I, I'm the owner and creator of, on Facebook, you can, if you go back and I think they, I don't know if they've deleted. It looks like they that they delete our archives after a certain amount of time. They used to let us, we used to have unlimited memory, but I guess Facebook got tired of, of storing all that memory because some of the uh, photos and videos that we had from, you know, because I created that 10 years ago now. Uh, in fact, uh, it, coming up, uh, what is today? On the 20th or the 21st, 22nd of September will be the 10-year anniversary of Ancient Aliens Worldwide. Okay. So we had that video up uh, probably back in 2016 or 2015. We had that video up. Okay. All right. So it's 10 minutes to 7, so I'm going to get out of here. All right. So so we'll pick up uh, where the machine crashed next week. Hopefully I'll have a better program by then, if, I, if not buying the Dragon Speak. And uh, now the way I was moving and sitting, I'm... My shoulder's hurting. <laughs> You're rubbing my shoulder. All right, guys. So I love you. And I didn't really mean to get on to. It ends up that you guys ask questions. And I go down the road of, of the history that has to do with my title, which was given to me by the Galactic Council of Alien uh, Expert, which uh, I didn't realize that I had that kind of memory until uh, until the Oracle reminded me that in calling me the history book. Um, and, and now I realize why Galactic History. I didn't realize that I knew this. 
And I still don't, I would love to get the memory back of the 20 impacts that I've been on because I know that I have the signs. I just don't have all of the memories. But I do know when I look into the eyes of some of these people, I'm like, I know that one and I know that one and I know that one. All right, guys, I love you. Have a great night. Um, the law of one is warning about all of this and the corruption of the knowledge. And that's what is going on. And that was what all the alien stuff has to do with raw and the law of one. Uh, it's the knowledge of all of that as well as the knowledge of who you are that they don't want you knowing about. That's the shit they've been trying to erase and eradicate from your memory and keep from you. And they've been culling the planet. We're on the seventh cycle of the cullings on this planet, the last of which was the deluge that happened, the flood. That was the last one. That was the, the sixth uh, 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 one. And they talk about that in Resur not Resurrection, but in um, Reloaded, The Matrix Reloaded, when he went to the architect the architect alludes to destroying the earth seven times and we've gotten really good at it six times and we've gotten really good at it this is the seventh cycle that was they're telling some truth with a with a big lie because this is the seventh cycle this is the seventh time and, and it's been destroyed six times i know four that i that i can tell you right now go and read the the Colburn bible and the first six books will, will tell you about the first four destruction or the last four the sixth, the fifth, the fourth, and the and the third, right? Or the sixth, the fifth, the fourth, and the third. Yes. Okay. You can read the Colburn Bible, the Scottish Bible, and read the read the whole thing, all thirteen books. But the first ones came out of Egypt. Those are scrolls that came out of Egypt during the Exodus, and those tell about um, the about four destructions of the earth, three of which most people don't know about. They only know about the deluge, the last one, and the, even the Australian Aborigines. When people say, what about, you know, the, 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 before the deluge, you're like, ha, 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 that was just the last time. There's been six times prior to now. We're on the seventh. So that's the seven number. All right, guys. Right? And then each time we lose a strand of the DNA when they try to change the DNA. We have had that happen. If you could look back, there's our DNA was, was uh, far more advanced. And each time they're trying to make us dumber by taking out part of our DNA and changing it. Right. But it's but that's also a countdown. I don't want to get involved in that, Karen, and I'm sure you know about that. Uh, it's also a countdown. Right. So and this is the seventh time. And that's why you hear that the seventh son of a seventh son thing. Right. Um, uh, uh, so look all that up, too. All right, guys. I love you guys. Share this out. Share this out. Share this out. And I'll see you guys next week and maybe on an aerial show somewhere in between. We just got to figure out when. All right, guys. I love you guys. Have a great night.